Live from the Sirius XM studios in New York City, this is Busted Open. Your only destination for daily pro wrestling talk in the entire world. From the independent scene to the main event of WrestleMania, no one covers pro wrestling like Busted Open. Eddie Guerrero was busted open. Hot topics, breaking news, and interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. A show designed for the fan by the fan. Old school. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object meets new school. Busted open. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Live now. Trees in the sky. I'm so listening up. Hands below my waist and I never dance when I'm in this place. Cause you and your man is planning to hate. I'm so hood. And I got these goals up in my mouth. If you get closer to my house, then you know what I'm talking about. I'm out the hood. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to Busted Open on Series XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. I am Hood. I am Jonathan Hood. And I'm in for Mark Henry and Denise Salcedo on this weekend edition of Busted Open. Phone lines open for you at 877-344-4893. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. Busted Open airs live Monday through Saturday, 9 to noon Eastern, right here on Sirius XM Channel 156. And so glad that you are with us here. We're also on the SXM app. And you say to yourself, self, who is Jonathan Hood? Who is Jonathan Hood? Well, you know who Jonathan Hood is? Jonathan Hood is a day one member of the Busted Open Nation, and a 10-year friend of the great Dave LaGreca. I actually remember when Dave was sane. So that we go back a long time. I remember when Dave was a sane individual, when he wasn't getting into the ring, when he wasn't yelling at people. So that's who I am. I'm filling in for Denise and Mark, but I am part of you. I am part of Busted Open Nation. I listen every day, and I just happen to have a microphone in my hand. That's the only difference between today and every other day when it comes to Busted Open. We had four hours of pro wrestling on Friday night. Not just one, not two, not three. We had four hours of pro wrestling on Friday night. SmackDown from Phoenix, Arizona, and of course, AEW Rampage Grand Slam from New York. And so we got a lot to talk about here. We got a couple of guests we'll tell you about a little bit later on in the show. But first, let's start with SmackDown from Phoenix. So, okay, as a longtime wrestling fan, going back to the late 70s, the one thing that fans should want, I know that I want, is a great story to hook us for the next week and the next week and the week after that until the story comes to a head. That formula is as old as the hills. We love a story that we can connect to with a great payoff. The second thing that we should all like, and I know that I like as a fan, is the word surprise. Surprise. A match or an angle that comes out of nowhere. And we got all of that on Friday Night SmackDown. Let me explain. So as far as a surprise, the best match on SmackDown on Friday night was Asuka against EO Sky. 
without all of the outside interference from Charlotte and other members of Damage Control, this was a pay-per-view slash PLE quality matchup that I hope that we see again. I'm watching Asuka, and we know how talented that she is, multi-time champion, and it's interesting to watch how she evolves as a wrestler. You know, it's, it's amazing what face paint can do, right? It's amazing what happens, right? Change the face paint a little bit, change the hair a little bit. All of a sudden, you become a new character. You're still Asuka, but the thing is, is that we know that in the ring, she's outstanding. And then EO Sky. As much as I think that we really like, you know, the whole thing of damage control, people wondered, when will EO Sky get hers? When would she be able to be a contender, let alone a champion? And EO Sky is right there as a champion. And so that matchup with Asuka and EO Sky, as I was watching that Friday night, I was thinking, hmm, I should be paying for this. <laughs> like this, this thing should be a semi-main or the start of some pay-per-view to kick it off really well. I just think that that was great. That was a surprise match. That's the surprise. And of course, wrestling also needs stories as well. And I think we were chock full of stories on SmackDown, for instance. So what's going on with the Street Profits? So we didn't see them for a while. They're sitting back in catering. What's up with the Street Profits? And I was trying to figure out, what's this connection with Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley comes out and says, this is my team. I'm going to help the Street Profits. And somewhere MVP is in catering saying, hold on a second. A brother with glasses and a three-piece suit? Wait a minute. That's my gimmick. <laughs> like, like, wait a minute. Hold on a second. MVP's probably in the back like, wait, Bobby Lashley's going to do exactly what I did for a while here in WWE in my post-wrestling career? But nonetheless, Bobby Lashley's there with the Street Profits. And I guess my question, as far as the storyline is, are the Street Profits, are they baby faces or are they heels? I don't know. It's a little bit murky for me, and I think it's a little bit murky for the audience. You notice, like, this new Street Profits, when they come out, the fans are into it. You know, they get the hands, they're bobbing up and down. They're into it. But then the bell rings, and I think it becomes a little bit confusing of, is Bobby Lashley a heel and the Street Profits are baby faces? It's just gray. And can I just tell you in life, whether it's wrestling or in life, gray sucks. Gray is not great. And so, but I'm interested in the story though. So I, so, but then of course the street profits lose the match because there's Bobby Lashley trying to help them, you know, trying in a heel way, Bobby Lashley walks away because the street profits lost. And then Bobby Lashley's right there in the faces of the street profits. Like, okay, so you guys want to just sit up in catering or do you guys want to win? So that is interesting because street profits in suits looking good, talking that talk. I like it. But I'd like to know which way this is going. Storyline. Can't wait for next week. And, of course, the ultimate storyline in all of professional wrestling is the bloodline. And for those of you that say, well, Hood, listen, the bloodline is washed. I want to see an ending to this. Can I just tell you, this, for someone who's been watching wrestling for a very long time, and I'm sure LaGreca could back me up on this as well, and all of you longtime wrestling fans, it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, storyline in the history of the business. When you can continue to just continue to build bricks on top of the story, on top of the story, every week there's something, I just think it's the best storyline going today. But it has a little bit of a different wrinkle. We haven't seen Roman Reigns in a long time. But you do get a solo Sokoa and you get a Jimmy Uso. So you can just tell that Jimmy Uso feels like he's kind of like... Um, 
I guess you could say Tribal Chief Light, the way he was controlling things last night. So there's Uso. He's doing his own thing, calling his own shots. Oh, yeah, I want this tag team match. Me and my brother Solo, we're going to take on John Cena and a tag team partner. This is all good. And Paul Heyman says, I got to call the Tribal Chief. I don't know if this is okay. I don't know if we could do this. I don't know. I feel a little uncomfortable doing this. And Uso is doing his own thing. As a matter of fact, we saw in the ring Paul Heyman doing the My Name is Paul Heyman, and he started going to the promo, and Jimmy Uso just snatches the mic. Yeah, I got this. Wow. And Heyman looked crestfallen. He's like, wait a minute. No one takes the mic out of my hands. Part of the story. So John Cena needs a tag team partner for Fastlane in Indianapolis because AJ Styles gets attacked by the bloodline. And so Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso, again, out of nowhere, a surprise, they attack AJ Styles. And then here's why this story is interesting from Friday night. As I mentioned, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso, right? Uso's doing his own thing. Takes the mic away from Paul Heyman. John Cena needs a tag team partner. AJ Styles is attacked by the bloodline. And then Styles is taken off into a meat wagon. And then the OC, which is the tag partners for um, uh, AJ Styles, that whole group, that faction, the OC looks at John Cena like he's the blame. As if there's going to be heat there between the OC and Cena because of what happened to AJ Styles. AJ Styles taken to a medical facility, whatever Vince says, right? Not a hospital, a medical facility, pal, whatever that is, right? And so these multiple stories are happening at one time. Again, a good story being told. Who's going to be Cena's partner if, you know, if AJ Styles is not available? And then what happens with the OC and uh, what's happening with that as long as well as uh, AJ Styles. There's a lot going on there just with the bloodline and John Cena. And then from there, we go to Austin Theory. Austin Theory is tagging with Grayson Waller. And can I just tell you, that's a good thing for Austin Theory. Because a makeshift tag team for both of these guys, they both have arrogant personas. It's a good change of pace for theory, and here's why. You know, after Vince McMahon, quote-unquote, retired from the WWE, Austin Theory was like the last guy that Vince worked with on camera. And so I don't know if there is resentment from the fans when it comes to Austin Theory, but when I see Austin Theory, it makes me want to change the channel. And that's not just kind of like, oh, it's wrestling heat or it's go away heat. It's just like, it's nothing really different. It's kind of that staccato Old school WWE promo. The promos are much better in WWE now than it was even three to five years ago because it's more fluid. It feels more natural. But Austin Theory sounds like the wrestlers that we saw over the years where here's a script, read it word for word, and make sure you say it the way everyone else says it. Austin Theory seems like the last of that group of wrestlers that would read scripts and and read them the same way. And for me, even him as champion did not get over with me. And I just thought, God, he's just so so staccato and he's got that front face lock and he's got that reverse chin lock and he's just holding on to it like it's a match of 1981. Like, come on, man. He's got good work in the ring, that that drop kick that he has and how smooth he is in the ring. But just, he needs a different gear. It's not necessarily on Austin as much as it is how they are working with him. 
And so I'm watching Austin Theory tagging with Grayson Waller. I go, you know what? This is a fresh coat of paint for Austin Theory and for Grayson Waller. The, the company, WWE, feels good about Grayson Waller, and here's how I know. I saw Grayson Waller. He was trying to help sell tickets for WrestleMania at a preseason game for the Philadelphia Eagles. I saw him sing the seventh inning stretch at Wrigley Field in Chicago with Big E. I'm like, Grayson Waller just got here. But he's making the rounds as a WWE superstar that is can be utilized to promote the company. Grayson Waller's not some 10-year veteran, but you can tell that the company feels good about Grayson Waller's future when he's there to try to sell the product in, in non-wrestling events, the, the the Cubs game and also the Eagles game in the NFL. So I think uh, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, a good thing. Again, part of the story. As we all wonder what's up with Roman Reigns and whether or not he's going to be champion moving forward or when Cody's going to finish the story and Kevin Owens making common sense with every promo, the two main keys for me is story and surprise. And we got both of those on Friday Night SmackDown. And by the way, I hear a lot on this channel on Fight Nation, Channel 156. I hear a lot on this channel about how the good old days were so much better than 2023. Well, I say yes and I say no to that. But what never goes out of style is us, you and I. As fans, being vocal on what we like and what we don't like. You may not like the in-ring, some of you old schoolers, and some of you new schoolers really like what's happening with wrestling in 2023. But the one thing that's always tried and true, and that is you and I being vocal as fans. There's nothing like genuine heat. Heels were booed, always booed back in the day, no matter what. If you were a babyface, you got cheered, I mean, big time. If you were a heel, you got booed. Didn't matter if you were on the top of the card, bottom of the card. If you were a heel, you got booed. Then we got to the era of the cool heels. You know, like DX and the NWO and the Bloodline to some extent, right? Now we have fans that are actually really getting emotional. Involved in a big way. Full throat. Booing wrestlers. Like it was back in the day. And I think that's pretty cool. Friday night, I heard boos for the Bloodline, and especially Paul Heyman. I have not heard Paul Heyman get booed like that in several years on SmackDown. Did you see that? Paul Heyman's in Phoenix, and he just got booed big time, and the Bloodline got booed. Now, again, the Bloodline are kind of like cool heels because Roman Reigns, you know, he, he's very good with the fans and all that and gets them involved. But I heard loud boos on Friday night. You turn on Rampage, and Don Callis and Sammy Guevara, they're getting booed big time in New York. You turn on Raw, Don Mysterio gets big time boos. So as we talk about the good old days of wrestling, one thing for sure is that there's nothing like genuine heat. I'm glad that we as fans are saying, yeah, Don Mysterio sucks, and we're letting him know across the country, not just in one arena, not just in you know the L.A.s, the New York, Chicago's, the Dallas's, Toronto. I'm talking about everywhere. Don Mysterio is getting booed from coast to coast all over the world. Same thing with Don Callis and Sammy Guevara. Same thing with Paul Heyman and the Bloodline yesterday. So it was just pretty amazing. All right, uh, Ariel, let's open the phone lines here at 877-344-4893. Let's talk to the, the nation about a number of things. First of all, if you were at Phoenix, uh, at the um, SmackDown in Phoenix on Friday night, let's get your calls on that. 
Also, those of you that are at Arthur Ashe in New York to see Dynamite and Rampage, I'm going to get your calls on that as well. So let's get your thoughts on the shows that happen on Friday night. I'll take your phone calls here. I'm Jonathan Hood. I'm in for Mark and Denise. This is Busted Open. courtesy of Fox on SmackDown. EO retains over Asuka. This is Busted Open on Series XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for being with us here on this weekend edition of Busted Open. 877-344-4893 is our telephone numbers. I'm in for Denise and Mark Henry. As we talk to you about what's happening on Friday night, if you were there in Phoenix uh, for SmackDown, if you're in New York that saw AEW Live, or if you watch it on television, I want to get your thoughts on what we saw here on, uh, on Friday night. You can follow me, by the way, on X. GKW underscore wrestling. That's for Good Karma Wrestling. That's the podcast that I do uh, every week. Good Karma Wrestling. GKW underscore wrestling if you want to hit me up on X for that. So we heard from EO Sky uh, retains over Asuka. I want to see that match again. I need that match again. And I need it several times. <laughs> not, not just, oh, maybe a rematch on Fastlane. No, I need that on a PLA slash pay-per-view. That was about uh, a little bit, a shade under 20 minutes, that match. And I love it because on social media, we as fans, many of us say, let's give the women a chance. It's still amazing that in 2023, we're saying give women more of an opportunity to get on television and to tell a story, not a quick five, six minute match. Give them an opportunity, especially the ones that deserve it. Give them the opportunity to work the kinks out, to be able to get in the ring and show what they can do. And. EO and Asuka, when you see them in the ring, you knew it was going to pay off. You knew it was going to deliver. It's one of the matches of the week, but definitely the match of SmackDown on Friday night. There's no doubt about that. So you think about Charlotte coming out. And so here's the uh, in-ring. It was fantastic. It's exactly what I wanted. But as I mentioned in the open, you got you know damage control here. You got Charlotte there. Charlotte comes out. And yes, she was part of just the whole fray at the end of the match. Charlotte sits there next to the broadcast table and doesn't even get, put a headset on. She's just sitting there watching. And it's kind of like, I understand that Charlotte at some point is going to be back in the title picture. I think that that's the case. But it, this is, Charlotte is already established as a great wrestler. She's a Hall of Famer. We know that. And it's not even about the title changes and how many times she's been the champion because I don't even count the amount of championships she's won. I'm just talking about the in-ring because you know how it is in modern wrestling where there's there could be a tag team or it could be a singles wrestler that's out there. My God, they're you know nine-time champions, ten-time champions. That you know, it's like the Cena era. I like I just focus on the in-ring and the great matches and the great times that we see more so than the multiple-time championships. We can talk about that at the end of their career. Charlotte's great, but she's out there and it's kind of like, uh, you know, did she really need to be there? Is she going to be in the title picture again? I, I was just happy that. 
Asuka and Io Sky got plenty of time in the ring. I was very, very excited about that. So I want to get your thoughts on that Three as we talk to you here, 877-344-4893. A lot of excitement and anticipation for the buildup of this match, and I can't wait to see that match uh, again. All right, let's go to the phone lines and talk to you. Um, again, 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. We're going to go to um, Lafayette, Indiana. And we will say hello to oh here's a guy here that loves his wrestling. It's Frank from Lafayette. He's with us here oh, on Busted yeah. Open. Good morning, oh, Frank. Yeah, I felt like I felt like I jumped in the time machine. Is it Tuesday? Wrestling <laughs> Tuesday. Um, um, uh, well, we well, um, in the spirit of Mark Henry, man, I'm not gonna let you be as modest as you tried to be. Um, Busted Open Nation. This is a Chicago sports legend, radio legend. This is Jonathan Hood, man. Um, Hoodie and cap, you know, uh, in the mornings, man. I love, I love you, uh, Jonathan, brother. Thank you. Uh, all the, Thank all you. the things you do for for sports and wrestling. Um, it, it was great to talk with you this morning. I appreciate um, you. I Thank you, man. I, I, I kind of agree with you, brother. It's um about the whole Charlotte thing. You know, she always gonna be in the title pitch. So it is what it is. But like, I just wanted to get into like the bloodline. Like, I, the the thing with the blood, like you said, wrestling fan, being a wrestling fan my whole life, like. The things like I love the subtle things like like can you agree like Paul Heyman letting his hair go white like yes. that's something so subtle but it talks about the disarray within everything right yes um about the about well, I remember he came to TV unshaven one day you know mm-hmm. what I mean like oh yeah. my god like just the little things about this storyline and then Jay kind of showing that, yeah, he, 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 he said that he wasn't going to allow his brother to do it, but we're slowly seeing Jay turn into this different person as well. Like, he's not just, he, 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 he's become maniacal if you just look at what he's doing. He's searching for power himself, right? So that's a whole nother battle um, within, within the bloodline. And then um, to the Austin Theory thing, I wanted to get your take on this, Jonathan yeah. Hood. Uh-huh. You, you talked about him putting him with um, Austin Theory and, and um, Grayson Waller. Yeah. They remind me of a, a time, kind of if you, kind of what I think about them, is like a rated R- RKO, like an Edge and a Christian. Can uh-huh. you see that? Like two I, yeah. young up-and-coming guys putting them together, they're edgy, they get good heat right between the two of them, and then go out there and let those guys work, like two young stars. And like you said, I think it's a really good rebuild for Austin Theory himself. I kind of what – what I wish they had done, I love the NXT Austin Theory. I don't know if you, if you watched yes. NXT when he was kind of funny. Um, I remember when he used to do the diesel and raise his hand in the air for no reason. Right. Like, I love, I love that Austin Theory. I wish they would give us more of that. But, yeah, man, um, AW just doing great things. Um no, I, I just I have some things with AEW, but I also love that the industry is just doing so well. Monday Night Raw, um, you know, I, I just love the industry, and I love you, Jonathan Hood. I hope you know that, man. All right, I mean, I appreciate you checking in, Frank. As always, appreciate the love. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny he talks about Austin Theory, and it's never personal for me as a wrestling fan. You know, when we talk about, hey, I don't like this particular wrestler, I don't have. For me, it's just about the creative. And I just think with Austin Theory, I think it got a little stagnant. He loses the championship and is kind of like find, trying to find his way. I, I like that he came out of nowhere. We talked about surprise, right, in the open. We talked about one of the things, one of the hallmarks of wrestling is surprise. If you're giving a good surprise, then I think that the fans are definitely into it. For him to come out out of nowhere and attack the SmackDown broadcast table, 
after they showed what happened with The Rock uh, in Denver. And, and he comes out and he goes, oh, man, you know, I built that. I had 100 million people on social media looking at now Actually, you, you did not. But like a good heel, you lie, right? You, try, you, you give it from your standpoint. That's my 100 million people on social media that were with, when I was with The Rock. That's because of me, not because of The Rock. That's because of me. That's character development. We've always known that he's an arrogant prick. We know that that's who he is. But I think that him along with Grayson Waller, who's also fought for, really full of himself, that helps. Those two together, that helps. They, you know, now you've got a two-man ego trip. And and so that really, I think, can be able to blossom into something. It just freshens up theory because it's just been bland, I think, for quite some time. And then, you know, going a little bit deeper into SmackDown, you know, so a, a couple of things. And we found this out Friday, and I saw this from Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful Select um, on Friday about how we did not get L.A. Knight. Now, I think it would have been cool for L.A. Knight to team with John Cena to take on the bloodline, but we come to find that L.A. Knight had COVID. And that's why he was there in the building. They gave him a test, and so they sent him right away. They got him out of the building and sent him out. So from Fightful Select, they say that uh, L.A. Knight had COVID. So L.A. Knight and Cena, that would have done wonders for L.A. Knight. He's already over, right? Just from the catchphrases, just for everything that he does, the T-shirt sales and the merchandise is off the charts uh, for L.A. Knight, but he could not be there, so that sucks. But A.J. Styles was right there, and people really respect A.J. Styles. If they don't respect the O.C., they definitely respect A.J. Styles. And so that would have been something like Cena and Styles. But here's something I have to ask. Let me be the first to ask here today. So because of the attack by Solo Sokoa, and again, out of nowhere, we see the backstage and what's going on in Phoenix. Like, what's going on here? And Solo Sokoa dives over the top through a table in the back on AJ Styles. The question is, will AJ Styles be ready for Fastlane on October 7th? I think he should be able to heal up. (laughs) At least I would think that he'll be able to bounce back next week. But what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? Like, what if he has severe bruised ribs, pal? He went to a medical facility as Vince would, would probably tell creative. Is AJ Styles going to be in that match, or will LA Knight be able to be healthy enough to team with John Cena? That would blow the roof off of Indianapolis at the Fieldhouse if that's going to be the, the matchup. But it's just another layer to me of what's happening with the bloodline. No, we don't see Roman there. and No, but, but, there's, but at least we're seeing an angle here of Jimmy Uso almost trying to be like almost trying to be like the tribal chief, but yet he's not. He's doing his own thing. Main event, Jey Uso kind of doing his own thing. Somehow, some way, I think at the end of the year, all of the faction, the whole thing, the bloodline will come together again, and they'll just continue to go with this. I remember Paul Heyman in a press conference said, ah, you know what, this is still early, as if you have like another seven years of this bloodline story. I don't know how much longer this can go, but I'm interested. I'm interested because there's a hook there. There's a hook and I can't wait to see how this all materializes. This may end at WrestleMania Philadelphia, by the way. Maybe there won't be any more bloodline. By the time we get to Philly, maybe The Rock is taking on Roman Reigns, and maybe the championship leaves. Maybe Cody finishes the story. But at some point, the bloodline, it will stop. I don't know when. It could be Philadelphia WrestleMania. It could be another time. Maybe later on next year. But it's compelling, because I can't wait to see what happens next. All right, coming up, we'll take more of your phone calls. 877-344-4893, that is our telephone number. I am really disappointed in the WWE because of something that they did um, this week. 
They did something that I, it, it, I just don't understand why they have to do this. Why did it happen? We'll address that coming up next. I'm Jonathan Hood, and for Denise and Mark, and this is Busted Open. It's a weekend edition of Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I'm Jonathan Hood in for Denise and Mark. So glad that you're with us. Follow me on XGKW underscore wrestling. We got a couple of special guests, but our one is for the nation. We need to talk about what happened on Friday night on SmackDown. We got to talk about what happened to AEW at Grand Slam for Rampage. And anything else is on your mind, let's talk about it. Uh, 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. <sighs> For all the good that we see in wrestling, the in-ring, we root for our favorite wrestlers. Some of you plant your flag and say, I'm an AEW guy. I'm a New Japan guy. I'm a WWE guy. Okay, so we could all do that. But I think that one thing that we could all say, that we could all agree on, is that there is no need for the WWE to release anybody. There's no need to release anybody unless they have done egregious things outside of the ring or inside the ring, you know, whatever it is behind the scenes. There, because the WWE makes money hand over fist, there's actually no need to release anyone. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, uh, the, the other show that they have on, Main Event, they could spread talent on all their platforms and still be able to make tons of money. Because of what's happening on their um, their road shows, their you know what they call their what I used to call house shows, their live events, they're doing well. Their um, pay per views, they're doing well. The ratings for Raw and SmackDown, doing well. Everyone has their eyeballs on the WWE, and so when we have a day like we had this week where we get releases, it sucks. It absolutely sucks because the WWE doesn't have to release this talent. The names that got released of Dolph Ziggler, Mustafa Ali, Elias, Shelton Benjamin, Riddick Moss, Emma, top dollar AJ Francis, Dana Brooke, Mansoor, Mace, Quincy Elliott, Shanky, Bryson, uh, Montana, uh, Cato, and, of course, on Friday, we've come to find out, right before SmackDown, that Matt Riddle was uh, released, and he left the WWE. We're going to put Riddle in a whole different conversation and talk about the others, okay? We'll get to Riddle in a second. But let me start to the top and Dolph Ziggler. 19 years in the business. has given his blood, sweat, and tears. Go, just do a Google search. Do a YouTube search or go to the WWE platform and look for when Dolph Ziggler won his first championship. How people were so excited for Dolph Ziggler. He was the closest thing to Shawn Michaels that you had in that era. Dolph Ziggler was over. Him, Big E as a combination was fantastic. And Dolph Ziggler is one of the smoothest wrestlers in the business. And he got released. Why? He's been sitting in catering or not being able to go to any shows because you don't think that he can fit. 
Dolph Ziggler is one of these wrestlers where you don't look at him and say, oh, he's old and washed. You don't say that about Dolph Ziggler. Here's a guy here that can go at anybody. And they set him to the side and say, well, you're so great and you're so over that you can be beaten by anybody. That's just the worst, right? Natty Nighthart is going through that right now. Natalia is the same person where it's like, hey, Natty, we know you can put a good match on against anybody, so just keep losing. Natty Nighthart deserves to be in the title picture because she is fantastic. Same thing with Dolph Ziggler. When this company had its lulls, you could have plugged in Dolph Ziggler to be able to have a banger of a match. Dolph Ziggler doesn't have bad matches, but yet he gets released. You know what? Good for Dolph Ziggler. He gets released, but he's going to be able to do whatever he wants in the wrestling landscape that he wants. But I just think that that's ridiculous that Dolph Ziggler was underutilized for years in that company because he's got heat with someone in the back or because he speaks his mind. The guy's fantastic. Mustafa Ali, just go to his social media. He had a brilliant, brilliant vignette that he produced for NXT. It might have ruffled some feathers in the back, but Mustafa Ali can go. Here's a guy here that demanded his release and couldn't get his release. I want out of here. Chicago's own Mustafa Ali was like, hey, man, you don't want to utilize me? I'm not going to sit in catering. I want to be able to be out there and do something. His stuff is fantastic. If you're not into his wrestling the way he builds himself is is amazing. His latest vignette I saw, apparently it, it aired on NXT, where he wants to be the North American champion, was great. It wasn't just good. With a capital G, it was great. Mustafa Ali in the ring is great. You can't utilize a guy like that? Because the guy is frustrated and he wants his release? Triple H actually gave him an opportunity to wrestle, but he lost a lot. He won some. But then it was kind of 50-50 booking, and now he's out. Makes no sense. Elias. Elias, if Hercules Hernandez and Macho Man Randy Savage had a baby, they would make Elias. That's what, that's what Elias looks like. Elias, I don't know what it looks like on the next level. I know he can play a mean guitar, but I never got a chance to know if Elias could really go or not. I have no idea if he can go or not. But a guy that was an attraction, they couldn't find anything for him. Oh, Shelton Benjamin. Oh, Shelton Benjamin, the ageless one. You don't think that guy can go? What was, what was holding Shelton Benjamin back? Well, he doesn't have a good promo, pal. Not very good on the promo. Didn't have to be. Didn't have to be. That guy could always have a manager, or he can go out there and just ball. He was fantastic as a wrestler. Going way back to him and Brock Lesnar coming in at the same time. Shelton Benjamin is a fantastic wrestler, but underutilized. That guy couldn't be a producer for you in WWE? Shelton Benjamin, and, and someone brought this up on social media, so I won't take credit for it. Someone said Shelton Benjamin should go to AEW and be part of the Blackpool Combat Club. I want you to imagine that just for a second. Just think about that. Shelton Benjamin, who is a wonderful wrestler, being part of the BCC. That'd be awesome. Riddick Moss. He knows how to tell a bad joke. We know that much, right? But he's got a great look. And so we never got a chance to see Riddick Moss to really get into his own. I'm sure that he'll, have, he'll be doing well. How about this? You watch social media? Emma was so excited that the WWE is going to have a show in Perth, Australia. This is so great. Oh, never mind. I've been released. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. In the same breath. Oh, wow. We're going to be in Australia next year. Oh, that's okay. I'm released. Emma never got a chance to get her footing the second time around WWE. 
We saw what happened with Top Dollar, AJ Francis. That became a joke after a while. They went from baby faces to heels. Um, they were just an, uh, an act, but they never were able to get over. They tried and tried with Dana Brooke. She was in NXT for a while. She was 24-7 champion, I want to say, or something like that. Never got over. Something else I want you to look up, guys, also. Mansoor and Mace. They did a Reservoir Dogs kind of uh, video. Now, I've never seen it before, but I saw it uh, the other day. It's fantastic. And again, it's amazing that these wrestlers, they do more than just get in the ring and lose. They actually are creative. And they, I'm sure that they say, we did this video, creative, what do you think? Well, we didn't produce it, so F off. Well, that's not right. They're, they're, from Mustafa Ali to Dolph Ziggler to Mansoor and Mace. And yeah, was their creative terrible? Absolutely. That whole thing that they were doing was terrible. But they tried to get it over. But they did something on social that you got to see, which is fantastic. Then there's Matt Riddle. And there's some NXT people also that some I'm familiar with, some I'm not, that also got uh, cut. Um, and I just don't, I don't get that either. But Matt Riddle. Okay, let's talk about him just for a second. So Matt Riddle announces on his own social that he has left the WWE. And good for Riddle and good for the WWE. That divorce had to happen. Matt Riddle, for whatever's happening with him personally, with his, with his spouse or ex-wife or what's happening with his kids or the thing that he claimed that happened at the airport with him with uh, sexual assault, whatever, you just don't casually just tweet, hey, bro, I just got sexually assaulted. Like, if that's the case, call the police and, and make sure that everyone knows about it and just bring it. I mean, so it was very odd that he just kind of brought that up casually. That's something where that's a bigger story if that really did happen. There's so much drama around Matt Riddle and his personal life that the divorce had to happen. Enough. Enough. And Matt Riddle had this company by the balls because I know that he's a former UFC guy. I know that he got over because he's so different than everybody else, almost in an RVD kind of way that the way he wrestled, um, you know, the, the kind of moves that he'd do in the ring. I liked Matt Riddle. I didn't love Matt Riddle. But he was different, and it's okay. Everyone can't be the same. But I think it's okay. Like, Matt Riddle, if he wants to go back to MMA or if he wants to go to someplace else, I know I saw him in the indies, and he got over. So what I would say for Matt Riddle, straighten out your personal life first, please, before you go back into the ring, because many fans love you. But I, what I'm saying is, is that just do one search and look how much money that's been made. Vince McMahon is trying to tell the board uh, in WWE this week, uh, you know, pretty much we're stuck in the mud and, you know, we're just not a good company. So we had to do this whole thing uh, with the UFC and be part of this whole. No, no. Actually, the WWE is doing great and it has been doing great. Month after month, year after year, the WWE is great. So you don't have to release anybody. You don't actually you don't you're making enough money to be able to supply all these wrestlers with something now you everybody can't get over in wrestling as we know everyone can't get over but the idea that Dolph Ziggler can't get on TV or Shelton Benjamin can't get on TV or you can't get um, you know uh, wrestlers like Mansoor and Mace on TV Mustafa I mean that makes no sense to me. You can be able to put them on TV to do something. You have plenty of platforms to do so. You just refuse to do so. And by the way, by the way, the hallmark of some of those, those uh, releases, some of those releases, in particular, let me make sure I look at the list here. Emma, AJ Francis, uh, those two in particular, and maybe a few others. 
They were gone the first time. When Vince was gone, Triple H brought him back, and they're gone again. As if Vince said, I said I want these people out of the company. I don't like them. Triple H wanted to do something with those wrestlers, and I find it interesting that some of those wrestlers that Triple H brought back, Vince cut again. Twice. Twice. And by the way, don't be surprised if there's more. There could be more coming. But for, for, for what reason, though? So I just, to me, that pissed me off this week because uh, you could see Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, Elias, Mustafa Ali, and a few others thriving in other companies. You know, whatever the WWE can't use, I'm sure the AW can use. I'm sure Impact Wrestling could use. I'm sure the NWA could use. I'm sure that New Japan could use. I cannot wait. You know what I can't wait for? I can't wait for Dolph Ziggler and his shoot interview. <laughs> That'll be the greatest shoot shoot tape that we've ever seen. Dolph, sit down here on this uh, couch. Tell us about your time in WWE. Oh, my God. And by the way, Dolph's fine. I mean, he's a multimillionaire. A lot of these guys are millionaires. But I'd love to hear the story of how you got undermined for over a decade in WWE. Unbelievable. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. We see you on hold. We're going to get you on the air. It's, uh, we're going to be guest-free in our first hour here on Busted Open. But I just need to talk about these releases. I want to get your thoughts as well. Like, out of all these people, who do you want to see on the next level? AEW, New Japan, Impact, some of these other places, Ring of Honor, possibly. Because there's a, a number of people that could do great things in wrestling, and WWE can't use them. That's ridiculous. I'm Jonathan Hood in for Denise and Mark, and this is Busted Open. This is Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. I'm Jonathan Hood, in for Denise and Mark here on this weekend edition. Busted Open on Fight Nation, Monday through Saturday, 9 to noon Eastern. You can also catch it on the SXM app. So glad you're with us. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. We've got a couple of guests coming up uh, on the show as well. But I just wanted to keep that first hour open for you, the nation, to talk about what happened. Four hours of wrestling on Friday. It's a lot, man. Four hours of wrestling on Friday. And, of course, I'm really pissed off at WWE because of those releases. There's no reason. There's no reason to release that talent. No reason to do it. The money that that company's making to say, oh, creative's got nothing for you. Anytime that you read that or hear that, that's complete BS. That's not true. Especially veterans that have busted their ass and been waiting for an opportunity and they are just released. That's okay. For other companies, that's their gain. If you're Tony Khan, you're on the phone. If you are Impact Wrestling, MLW, NWA, uh, New Japan, all the indies, these people can be able to make a a swell living away from WWE. But it shouldn't have to come to that. I thought you were about to to try to keep talent. That's the whole thing, trying to keep talent and make people happy. guess that's not the case. Let's see all the phone lines to talk to you. Let's hear from the nation. Darnell is in Millville, New Jersey, and he's with us on Busted Open with Jonathan Hood. A.D.? How you doing? Great. Thanks for checking in. I am totally pissed with WWE to the point I may stop watching WWE. They had no reason to release all those stars because they just did this um, TV deal, which I forgot how many billions of dollars they got for that, and then they're going to release talent. Matt Riddle's a different story for all the other ones. No. 
I am so pissed at them. Uh, there's a way to lose people from um, watching a party because you're being greedy. Well, you know, here's, here's the thing. Don't stop watching WWE. Support the talent. That's what it comes down to. Like you can still support the talent. You might if you have a problem with with Vince McMahon or the way or the way that um, Nick Khan does business. Hey, hey, listen. Root for the talent. That's what I'm doing. I root for the talent. I'm just pissed that WWE is always doing it, and it sucks every time. Also, it seems like almost every six months they're releasing good talent out there, but that's okay. For us as fans, we can follow the talent and root for them and buy their merch and be into it. So thanks so much for your phone call. I mean, look, at same thing with Matt Cardona. I just saw him uh, in Chicago not too long ago at StarCast. I go, how's business? He goes, business is booming. Are you kidding me? He goes, away from the WWE, I'm making a mint. I'm all over the country. I'm making money. I'm taking on wrestlers I never thought I'd, I'd face. Matt Cardona is a perfect example for some of these releases to say, you know what? I don't need WWE. I just need to be able to build my own brand on other platforms. Darnell, we appreciate your telephone call. We go to Ira. He's in Arizona. He's with us on Busted Open. What's up, Ira? Hey, how you doing? Good. Were uh, you at SmackDown on Friday? I was at SmackDown on Friday uh, here in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And, uh, you know, it was funny when the last match when Cena was getting his butt kicked and, and uh, Solo hit him with the spike twice. And uh, there was some guy kept going to the top rope and splashing him. The yep. fans were, like, waiting. I mean, they were ready to explode on somebody to make a run in, and nobody came in. And I was really shocked that they let Cena take all that punishment. Because um, usually, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe Sammy or, or uh, Kevin was going to run in. But, no, they just let, they just let uh, Cena get beat up really bad. And uh, <laughs> the fans were, you know, are expected to jump over. Somebody running in and nobody came. You know what I read? What's weird about that? It's I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know what's going on with the with the modern wrestling. As you know, back in the day, if there was a babyface that was in peril, that was having a hard time, you'd get wrestlers. Even if they were preliminary wrestlers, someone would help the babyface. It, it'd be like eight or ten of them coming in there just to clear the ring. You get to the point where it's like, you know that you have, I don't know, like 60 wrestlers in the back. Could someone help Cena? Anybody? <laughs> like Because on the surface, if you're like a young fan, you're like, boy, I guess no one, like, no one likes Cena. He got no help. What happened to the help? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, my, other, my other question to you is, uh, WWE uh, maybe a month ago was really pushing hard for those two guys from India and Veer. And and uh, Jinder was their manager, and they've kind of like disappeared. Are they hurt, or have you heard anything about them? Um, let me address that, and I appreciate your telephone call. So, uh, again, just like a bunch of wrestlers they have in the back, they're just not being utilized. They're just not being utilized. They're just used for the Sony TV India deal. I know that they just had a show there. I know that that's usually where you'd find them. I, I saw them, too, and I thought, okay, here's come some monster heels. No. Nah. No, we'll just use them to appease the Indian crowd. And that that makes no sense to me. You ha those are big guys that could be heels on any of their platforms. But no, we're just trying to appease India, just to have them on TV on main event or or whenever the WWE goes to that country. Odd, right? I don't get that either. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. Mark in Houston. He's with us here on Busted Open. What's up, Mark? Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. So I have two things. Um, so you brought up the releases, and uh, 
I love your Matt Cardona example. You know, I watch a lot of wrestling. I'm a lifelong fan, you know, but mm. especially nowadays, I mean, it's on every minute and uh, <laughs> a lot of indie stuff. And, he, you know, you see him every weekend. So I hope it's, you know, kind of a, a way that the wrestlers currently on the roster start thinking of a backup plan and start thinking about really their brand especially in the WWE with them being independent contractors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, you know, lifelong employment. I think those days are, you know, well over for a lot of people. And Dolph is obviously a, a big example of that. Um, so, you know, Cardona, you know, was released and he just built it. And he already had a following before he came to the WWE, but, you know, really well done and and something that a lot of people should aspire to because you know you never know but i also wanted to comment on oscar and eo if you have time sure and um i think it was amazing that they had a 20-minute match on tv that's something that we haven't seen in a long time on whether it's raw or nxt or um smackdown and uh I love your comment earlier when you said the street profits. It's a gray area where, you know, the fans are the are the are they heels or are they faces? And I kind of feel it's the same way with Oscar and Eo. They both get cheered. They both have huge followings, um, and I guess it doesn't matter. Your thoughts? I get, I get. Yeah, you're right, and I appreciate your telephone call. I guess it does not matter. You know, again, I'm an old school fan that still believes in baby faces and heels because there's got to be an antagonist and a protagonist. But you know, to me, with that bloodline thing, I just like to know where it's going. I'm very interested in that. Like, who's the baby face? Who's the heel? What's happening with Lashley and the and the Street Profits? It's interesting, nonetheless. Follow me on X GKW underscore Wrestling. And coming up, we'll talk about AEW Rampage, two hours of Rampage. There's some great stuff that happened those two hours on Friday. We'll discuss it as we move forward here on Busted Open, a weekend edition right here on Fight Nation. Welcome in to Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Our telephone number, 877-344-4893, 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. I'm Busted Open member Jonathan Hood, a day one guy from Busted Open. That's who I am. And a longtime friend of Dave LaGreca. That's why I'm on right here. I'm in for Denise and Mark here on this weekend edition of Busted Open. You can follow me on X, GKW underscore wrestling. That's where I do my wrestling show, Good Karma Wrestling, uh, GKW underscore wrestling, as we talk to you about all the things that's happening in professional wrestling, especially what happened on Friday, and look ahead to the wrestling weekend. Now, in this hour, we're going to have a couple of special guests. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, we're going to hear from... Ohio Valley Wrestling's Al Snow and Mr. Spectacular Jesse Goddard. And you say, well, Hood, why are those top guys coming up? Why do we get an Al Snow and why do we get a Jesse Goddard? Well, because of the Netflix docuseries Wrestler. Have you seen this? It's out now. You're going to hear the conversation with Al Snow and Mr. Spectacular Jesse Goddard. They're doing some great things at Ohio Valley. But 
I think that it's going to really be great for Ohio Valley Wrestling now that that Netflix docuseries is out, Wrestler. So you'll hear that coming up at the bottom of the hour right here on Busted Open. But we got to talk about what happened. If you're on hold, you will be on the air, 877-344-4893. If you are in Phoenix to see SmackDown on Friday, if you are at Grand Slam for AEW, we want to hear your thoughts as well. And that's where I'm going right now. Uh, we'll talk about everything, but I just want to be able to check off some thoughts from AEW Rampage, uh, Grand Slam. Slam. Okay. <laughs> like, this could have been good for an hour. No, nope. Tony Khan says, no, let's do two hours. So it's just me with a daddy soda and some pizza, and I was locked in for four hours of wrestling. SmackDown, and now this with AEW Rampage Grand Slam. Okay, a couple of things that stood out to me. So I go through all these notes from uh, Friday night. All right, here we go. So the one thing that I really like about Sting is that Tony Khan and AEW has really done right by Sting. I mean, I think that Sting has been uh, utilized so much better than The Undertaker was toward the end of his tenure with WWE. Because Sting's not out there every week wrestling. He doesn't have singles matches at his age. He's utilized properly. You get a Sting and a Darby Allin against uh, Cage and Luchasaurus as um, Christian Cage takes the pinfall. Christian Cage is doing some of his best work. We watched him at TNA. Of course, we watched him uh, with Edge in the WWE. But Christian Cage is really deep in his bag as a heel. It's fantastic. This guy really believes he's a TNT champion. <laughs> and, and, and actually, it's one of the more subtle things and interesting things about AEW that this guy here, who people thought, uh, you know, good tag wrestler, you know, decent TNA guy. No, he's deep in his bag right now in the autumn of his career, doing great work. And just the way Sting's being utilized in AEW has been fantastic. He's helping Darby Allen in a big way. Darby Allen already was a hit, but I think Sting and Darby together has been really great for, for uh, Darby's career. So that's, I thought that that was very interesting watching that. We got um, several trios matches. <laughs> I didn't know if we needed more than one, but we got several of them. Watching uh, Cassidy and Statlander and Hook against uh, Parker Menard and Anna Jay. Like, like, good, solid match there for that. But let me get to what I thought was um, a really solid matchup. And I also want to talk about character development as well. And that is, even though we may not have needed it, just the idea that we have a trios match for the ROH uh, six-man tag team championships. You get the Mogul Embassy against Adam Page and the Young Bucks. So you get the Hung Bucks there, right? Okay, so what Mogul Embassy, and this is where it gets a little bit murky for me. I don't know if the general audience understands the importance of the ROH six-man tag team championships, why that should have been the main event, whatever. But you just know, we get in the ring, it's going to be fine. That's why I always tell myself, you see the creative or you see that match coming up, and he's kind of like, okay, do we need this match in the main event? So we talk about that. But once we get past trying to figure out why this match is taking place, once it's in the ring, it's great. That was great for the Mogul Embassy. It was great for the Mogul Embassy. And Prince Nana, by the way, it was the most over person 
and he wasn't even in the match. He's out there dancing. He's doing this little side-to-side shuffle that he's doing there. And you can see the people uh, at Arthur Rash dancing in the aisles. I saw that. It was a glimpse, but there's Nana side-to-side shuffle, moving the shoulders around, and people dancing. That was fantastic because it gets the people involved. It was a long show at Arthur Rash. I know it was. The tapings, the dynamite, but it got people, it got the blood flowing with Prince Nana going side-to-side, especially when Swerve Strickland got out there. But I think that this did a lot for the Mogul Embassy. You know, it, Brian Cage, when I see Brian Cage and I see this monster, I see a guy that's money. That's a guy there that should be heavyweight champion. I mean, just bring in like a non-wrestling fan. Sit him on the couch and say, what do you think of Brian Cage? Oh, my God, is he not the champion? <laughs> I mean, that's how good he gets. And he continues to take pinfalls. I don't get that. I think that that guy is a singles champion in the future. He should never have his, his shoulders to the mat. I don't understand that. But I think that it was good for Mogul. And, I, and again, Adam Page and the Young Bucks, they are now the six-man uh, ROH Tag Team Champions. I thought that was good. But also, we talked earlier in the show about two things. And one of those two things we talked about is story and surprise, right? The storyline was there where there's Hangman Page. He should be excited that he's part of the six-man tag team championships now with the Young Bucks, and all he was doing is staring at Strickland. He just kept staring. He couldn't even enjoy that he was a new champion. He's just staring a hole right at Strickland. I hope that match pays off because there was a lot of time paid to those two, Strickland and, uh, and Hangman Page. So I thought that that was pretty good. Now, we talk about surprise and story, right? Can I just tell you right now that... AEW has a gold mine. I hope they see what I see, and I hope they see what we as fans see. There's certain wrestlers that's on this roster, not that they need a push. They just need to be in a bigger spotlight. Do you remember what Julia Hart was before she is this character? She's a cheerleader. She's with Brian Pillman and Griff Garrison as a cheerleader. She's part of this faction now, and she took on Sky Blue. Julia Hart has grown over the last six months to me as someone that should be in the title picture to the point where I might be begging at some point for, for Julia Hart against Tony Storm. Those two have grown amazingly in AEW. It's to the point where, like, Julia Hart could just been like any other rest, any female on the roster. Okay, ring the bell. I'm going to have a few moves, and then I'll, you know, have, be pinned one, two, three, and I go in the back to catering. no. Julia Hart has something. She has it. It is amazing what happens when you switch your character from being a cheerleader to an evil witch. That's what she's become. She was fantastic in this match against Sky Blue. Hey, Sky Blue, homie from Chicago. Don't have boo-boo face when you come to the ring. I knew she was going to lose. You have to, she usually has the backwards hat and she looks into the, into the camera, winks, and sticks the tongue out like an emoji, right? When she came to, to the ring, she looked concerned. It's like, Sky Blue, homie, you can, you can beat Julia Hart. But there was no confidence in her face. I just want to point that out as I watched that. I'm like, yeah, she's going to lose. <laughs> just the way that she was looking, she's like, yeah, I'm going to get the pinfall tonight. But Julia Hart has been great. We talk about story. Her story's great. She, I, I, did they say in the broadcast she's 25-0 and 0 or something like that? It, it's just, and she, she has been... On a roll. Also, on top of that, another match where you see it coming down the pike. Daddy assing the acclaimed against the Dark Order. And you see it and you go, okay, all right, it's the Dark Order. Here we go. Jesus. But then 
you put it in the ring, it was fantastic on Friday. That was a really good match. It was a better match than I thought it was going to be. To the point where you thought at some point, Dark Order, hmm, might have a chance to be able to win this thing. It's amazing when wrestlers have time. And it wasn't just the customary one-hour rampage. It was two hours. So Daddy Ass and the Acclaimed were able to have time with the Dark Order. And the Dark Order, to me, got over. They're already a formidable group. But I thought, you know, pretty solid match. Not giving it five stars. I'm just saying, pretty good matchup. I really like what I saw there. So there were notable moments on this show. And I'm just telling you that when it comes to AEW, they continue to grow. And just one broad statement I want to make about AEW here before I take your phone calls here on Busted Open, 877-344-4893. Just a broad statement. I know that many wrestling fans want it now. Like, AEW should be way ahead of WWE. AEW should be light years ahead of WWE because they got all the wrestlers and they can say what they want to and they, they bleed and they do all these things. Can I just tell you? The AEW has not shown how good that they can be yet because you have a neophyte as an owner. You've got some neophytes in the ring that were just independents learning how to be able to wrestle on TV and tell a story. You've got people in the back that have never necessarily been in a position of authority in the gorilla position to try to be able to influence young wrestlers, veteran wrestlers, how to be able to put a show together. We know that there is a distinct difference between AEW and WWE in this regard. In the first hour, we talked about SmackDown, how they were able to incrementally tell stories, just trying to get you to Fastlane, trying to get you to the next show, trying to get you to Raw and SmackDown, trying to get you to the live events. That's what they do in WWE. Slow and steady telling stories. It may pay off, may not. We might be pissed off at the end of it, but at least they're trying to tell you something. In AEW... They're trying to give you the best matches. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I love from a guy that grew up in Chicago as an AWA fan. You know what AWA stood for? It stood for 10,000 squash matches, 5,000 great promos, and one angle a year. That's how I grew up. Many of you around the country, in mid-Atlantic country, those of you in the NWA back in the day, those of you in world-class listening in Dallas, those of you that uh, grew up in California, watching what happened out there. You, those of you in Portland, uh, with Portland Wrestling, those of you with the uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida, you know what you guys were used to back in the day? You used to maybe a few angles, but a lot of squash matches. At least for AEW, you get some of the top matches. You may not like the finish, but you get the best of the best. You get very little preliminary matches because they try to give you great matches, and I admire that. But at the same time, though, as AEW grows, as AEW grows, they're going to have to slow down and start telling some stories here. And I see that things have started to change. I don't know if that's Mark Henry, my buddy Mark Henry. I don't know if that's Jimmy Jacobs. I don't know if that's Arn Anderson or Dean Malenko. I have no idea who has the most influence there outside of Tony Khan. But at some point, you tell stories. At some point, you, you develop characters because here's the thing that I know for me. I won't speak for you as a fan. I'll speak for me. Here's what it will always know. Hey, you watched AEW last night? Yeah, Tony Storm was awesome, wasn't she? Yeah, well, what about that five-star match? Yeah, that was good, but I can't wait till next week. Hey, do you watch AEW last night? Yeah, that Julia Hart, man. She's creepy, man. She's, I mean, she was upside down the turnbuckle, and she, was, she had some force about her. She's got something different about her. I like her. Hey, you watched AEW last night? That five-star match? Yeah, uh, 
yeah, no, I was I was actually watching what's going on with Adam Cole uh and Roderick Strong. Adam! Adam! Those little earworms and those little things resonate with fans even more so than what's happening in the ring. So the balance of both actually is a good thing. Here's here is uh, a guy like Adam Cole, and he's split on whether or not he should stick with MJF or Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong's never been more over. He's had I've paid good money to see Roderick Strong on the Indies. I've seen him in ROH. I've seen him in a lot of places. He's never been more over. Just for him in a squeaky hospital bed, he's more over than he's ever been. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing. But that resonates with people. Just him screaming out, Adam. They should have Adam, you know, five exclamation points as a T-shirt for merch. That would sell. But along with that, we can get the great matches that we get on Dynamite and Rampage. So what I'm saying is, is that it's still a young company. And they're still learning how to be able to be a company that can satisfy the longtime wrestling fan and also the fan that just is in it for the ha-ha and for the moments. We get the five-star matches, but we also got to get character development. And again, as a young company, they're going to learn that. And the reason why that I have context for this is because I watch WCW. Just like Dave LaGreca, just like my buddy Dave. He can tell you about WCW, and he talks about it. The early part of WCW, before Eric Bischoff took over, was, hor- was horrible. It was some good stuff there, but a lot of it was horrible because lack of character development. Because people would come to the matches, but it would not be sold out. It would just be some people watching on TV, but people were in and out. Because it wasn't anything that would stick you to watch the matches. Here in AEW, as they move forward, they're still a young company. As they grow, they will learn, hey, we got all these great matches that people want to see, but also characters that we want to see the characters that we want to watch characters. It's like, I want to got to get that guy's merch. I want to live vicariously through that wrestler, whether it's a, a, a male or a female, there's certain glimpses that you see with that in AEW. perfect example. Willow Nightingale comes out, right? Willow Nightingale comes out to save sky blue. And immediately she just comes down the ramp and people are doing like the wave because, and they're doing that clap thing. When she comes out, they start clapping. Now, Willow wasn't even wrestling. But again, it's like, I know who Willow Nightingale is. And when she comes out, it's time to clap. She wasn't even partying. She wasn't even wrestling. She was just, people were starting to do that. Because that's character development. So AEW is going to learn that. That balance of great wrestling, but also, hey, I like this character, which he or she does. And that's important. 877 is our telephone number. As we mentioned, we got a couple of great guests coming up at the bottom of the hour from Ohio Valley Wrestling. We all know Al Snow, the venerable veteran Al Snow. He's the head of uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Also, Mr. Pectacular Jesse Goddard is going to be with us to talk about that Netflix docuseries, Wrestler. That's coming up at the bottom, but coming up, your calls. We're going to talk to the nation right here. 877-344-4893. Follow me on X Twitter. Uh, GKW underscore wrestling. I'm Jonathan Hood. I'm in for Denise and Mark, and this is Busted Open. Here, Taz, to get I'm him up on a pile driver. That's a big man, Castagnoli. You can't get him up here. Not only that, t- Taz with the grip strength as well. Of course, with the time. Oh, man, that's that back fist again. Hill Mary with the back fist. Kingston, the power bomb stacks him. Two, three. 
Live ball of Claudio Nilla. Claudio extending the hand by both men have said this will be it between them. Whoever leaves Arthur Ashe is the winner. Will be the better man. Throw the ball at here too. And Eddie Kingston, not only the New Japan Strong Open Weight Champion, but now the Ring of Honor World Champion. Damn it, it's a great moment. It's a great moment. Right there on TBS from AEW Grand Slam, Eddie Kingston wins the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship. I'm Jonathan Hood and for Denise and Mark on this weekend edition of Busted Open. So glad that you're with us here on the SXM app and, of course, on Fight Nation Channel 156. Coming up next, we're going to hear from Al Snow and Mr. Pictacular Jesse Goddard from Ohio Valley Wrestling. It's not necessarily about Ohio Valley as much as it is this Netflix docuseries. If you're a wrestling fan and I know you're one like I am, you got to check out this behind-the-scenes docuseries of what it takes to run a wrestling company. So we'll hear from Snow and Goddard coming up uh, in our next segment. But right now, it's about you. It's uh, 877-344-4893. The reason why we heard from Eddie Kingston winning that championship, that was the first match on uh, the Dynamite show. And uh, the reason why that we want to play that is because it was a feel-good moment. Eddie Kingston... He's there, and, and fans love him because of his love for New Japan and his love for professional wrestling. I did a deep dive um, earlier this week of Eddie Kingston and some of his great promos and some of his great matches. I just got into a YouTube wormhole, and I said, boy, Eddie has not changed as far as that realism, right? And that's what we want to feel as fans. We know what professional wrestling is. But we also just want to feel like, hey, you know what? He's really into it and that he's going to be a different character. He's not just a, a color by the numbers wrestler. He's just not going through the motions. He's getting the paycheck every 15th and 30th of the month. He actually cares. Eddie Kingston, when he has a promo, it oozes through the TV, through our screens. Eddie Kingston gives a damn. And I think that that's great. That was a great moment for Eddie Kingston. His family is there. He's in his own hometown of New York. And then he wins the ROH championship. And then the realism, and the realism is, is that Claudio and Kingston had an issue. They had an issue. You have people at work or you have family that you might not get along with. But at some point, it comes to a head and it gets better. And I think that hopefully that there's real respect, genuinely, between Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli, that that culminated into a great moment for Eddie Kingston. He wins the championship. But I want you to think about across the wrestling landscape. Where are the great moments? Do we have any more great moments left in professional wrestling? That was one that I think that Eddie Kingston fans have been waiting for for a long time. It's not the AEW Championship. It's not the WWE Championship. It's not the New Japan Championship. Uh, what it is, is is the ROH title. And the R- ROH right now is it's trying to get to a certain level Maybe back on TV at some point where everyone can enjoy it. I watch it because I'm an Honor Club guy. That's what I do on my Thursdays. I enjoy ROH. But I think that for Claudio, it's a great moment. But what are the other feel-good moments left? Do we have any left? Like, I think that when Cody Rhodes finishes the story, if he if if he becomes the WWE champion or the undisputed champion, the championship that Roman has or the championship that um, Seth Rollins has, I think that that's going to be a feel-good moment because Cody Rhodes coming from the WWE, betting on himself, and going to all the indies across the world, 
and then going to AEW, helping run a company. Of course, before that, 10,000 people in Chicago for a huge pay-per-view that Dave Meltzer didn't think it would ever happen, and it happened. For him to be able to leave AEW, leave the territory, and then come to WWE, and then if he becomes the heavyweight champion, the lead guy in the company, that'd be a feel-good moment for sure. But what are there any others that we're waiting for to see who's going to be the champion? Think about it. I want to get your thoughts. Hit me up at GKW underscore wrestling. We'll read some of those on social media, on X. I'd love to get your thoughts on if there's any more feel-good stories where it's like, not, I want this person to win. I, I'm a fan. I want this. No, the feel-good moment where there's a story built around it and that person is able to win a big match or a big championship or be the top of a card. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. GKW underscore wrestling. I want you to just type in what you think would be a feel-good moment in wrestling. Claudio uh, losing to Eddie Kingston was a great moment for Eddie. Is there any others? Let's get your thoughts. 877-344-4893 is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk to you. Here is uh, Matt from Florida. He is with us right here on Busted Open. What's up, Matt? Hey, Jonathan. Always good to have you join the nation. Absolutely. Hey, I wanted to talk collision, but you got me teary-eyed over here talking about Eddie Kingston. That was the feel-good moment that you're ever going to get. I mean, I mean, think about it. A guy that cares, though, man. It's one thing. Hey, we root for wrestling. We love wrestling, right? But when you see him, he cares to the point where I think that for Eddie, he's almost embarrassed, right? He's like, because he's always like, I'm not that good. Nah, I'm just a fan. You know, I love wrestling. No, people care about Eddie Kingston. I think that he understands that more now than ever, especially on this AW platform. I'm happy for him. Man, my parents, they're casual fans, but knowing that Eddie was in a title match Wednesday night, that was tuning television for them. And, you know, that's something AEW can use to carry the company. I would agree. And, and do something with ROH while you're at it, too, by the way, because I think for some AEW fans, they're like, okay, what's this? But it does matter that he's a heavyweight champion in one of their divisions. I think that's cool. Sure, but yeah, it, it, that was amazing. But, hey, I want to talk about Collision. What a card tonight. Are you going tonight? Are you going for a Saturday I'm night? I'm on my way right now. I'm in uh, driving up the north from Indianapolis up to Grand Rapids and on my way. Oh, that's unbelievable. Grand Rapids, yeah. The uh, Van Andel Arena. I've been in there before. And that's, and that's uh, RVD country, so that should be cool. Man, it's a destination card. I know they have Wrestle Dream coming up next, next weekend or two weekends from now. But, man, tonight's a pay-per-view-worthy card. What do you like? Tell me, what are you, what are you looking for? What's not to like? You were talking about Julia Hart earlier. We got her versus Willow. That's like the fourth match on the card. We got the TNT Championship. We have Jay White versus Andrade. That, I think, to best of my knowledge, that's the first time they're going to square off. And, man, that's a five-star match waiting to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the and thing I like about, about – Go ahead. We haven't even talked about the main event. Ricky starts – versus Brian Danielson. That <laughs> is a pay-per-view headliner. Here's what I like, and, and Matt, I appreciate the telephone call. You see, Matt, Matt's going to be in Grand Rapids. The only reason why for, he's going to be in Grand Rapids is for wrestling. Otherwise, why would you go? No, seriously. Um, but there he is, right? He's going, and he's excited. And the way Collision is laid out, it feels different than Dynamite. I know some prefer Collision over Dynamite. and uh, but So what he laid out is... Some really good matches. 
the reason why I'm excited about uh, the Saturday Night Collision show is because wrestlers have time. No one feels rushed. It feels casual. It's not like a, a million promos. It's, it's not a lot of rushed re- wrestling matches. What he laid out there is a terrific card, and he's totally right about that. Let me just also mention this, too, while I'm here on Busted Open. Okay, so here is Matt, a perfect example. He's going to see it live, but also he's a collision guy. He watches the wrestling on Saturdays. You can fan how you want to fan. It's never gonna, I will never use this platform or any of my platforms to tell you how to fan on anything. But I will tell you, me as a fan, can I just tell you, that I'm never going to have some blogger or some podcaster telling me that, well, Collision's on Saturday nights, and so they're going to get killed in the ratings. So maybe it's a skip of a show. It is not a skip of a show. Because, we, yes, we have busy lives, but we make time for wrestling. And, by the way, we know how to DVR shows. I, I, I'll tell you this. I don't know how you feel about this, but I'll tell you how I feel about it. The way I feel about it is, is that I'm never going to have somebody from some wrestling podcast or some blog telling you, well, AEW's in the mud because they have shows on Saturday nights. They're going to get killed against the college football and the MMA. Blog. Guess what? I can watch it when I want to watch it. I just think sometimes some of these shows try to influence fans into saying, hey, man, it's Collision or it's Friday Night Smackdown or it's AEW Rampage. And because it's Friday Night and Saturday, some pe- a lot of people don't watch TV at that time live, then it's skippable. It's not skippable. I get so tired of that as a wrestling fan of, of these people telling us, well, it's on Saturday night and it's against college football or, or no, it's going to get killed. Who? I don't, I don't care if it's going to get killed in the ratings. Ratings don't matter to me. You know what matters to me? Good wrestling. So enough of this nonsense of, well, you know, I don't know about this. You know, Monday nights with Raw, it's against Monday night football, and so the ratings are going to be down. Okay, that's, you can give, give me that information, and I'll flush it down the toilet. You know what I care about? DVRing my shows if I'm not going to watch it live. Just like anybody else. So I, I, I get so... T- I'm, listen, you fan how you want to fan, but the one thing I will always rule out is these people that spend hours and hours of podcast time and uh, pro wrestling radio time telling you that, well, it's uh, collisions on Saturdays or rampages on Fridays or you know Thursday night, you can't watch Impact because, well... <laughs> You can't do that because that's Thursday night football. Everyone's watching football then. Screw off. I'll watch what I want to watch when I want to watch it. I'm a wrestling fan. Enough. 877-344-4893 is our phone number. Don't be influenced. You fan out you want a fan, but don't be influenced by these people. Who cares? Can, can I squeeze in James in Chicago real quick here on Busted Open? What's up, James? Jay Hood, the last time I spoke wrestling with you was in 1997 after Bash at the Beach where Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman faced giant Lex Luger. Oh, my God. Beautiful There's no way. hear you on the radio, my friend. <laughs> There's no way you're that old. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> and I'm still listening to the radio, busted open. Yes, sir. We're, I'm that old. <laughs> I called in, and it was beautiful time. Yeah, beautiful man. Time. But with a uh, little time left, just to touch on two quick points. Uh, you mentioned uh, one of the guys that was a surprise release that had a lot of charisma in his there's a lot to go as Ricky Boogs. I think he had a lot to offer. I think Ricky he's Boogs. a prototype in any wrestling company. Uh would be lucky to have him. And as far as, far as feel-good moments, I think Chad Gable set himself up with great storyline, by the way, to have a really, really special moment, more than I 
think anybody would have predicted a year ago. So I think they've really done a good job with him. I think there's a there's a really good feel good moment with Chad Gable, maybe for world oh. championship uh, title victory or at least run. Oh, I like. Uh, oh, let me let, let's 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 talk about that for a second. I like that, and here's why I like that is because. But yes, I would have liked for Gable to win the Intercontinental Championship by now. But you know what, James would happen. You know, I didn't like. I didn't like that the next week he gets squashed by Bronson Reed. Like, this is a guy here that went toe-to-toe with Gunther, right? He gets on Raw and he gets squashed. What the hell happened there? Like, he, why does he not win that matchup? I just – this is what I'm talking about, by cutting off the momentum. That would be a feel-good story for him to win a championship. I agree. Do you think that they're doing the whole, you know, now build the sympathy up, kind of what they did with LA Knight, like lose, 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 now that they've got the crowd behind him, and then maybe through the losses he'll be able to come out on the other side maybe even bigger? I don't he, know. That's the already, rationale I can think. Well, he already did that. He had a plenty of losing. Yeah, 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 like so. But when you have that momentum against Gunther, yeah, you fall short. Your, your family's crying in the front row. The next week he gets squashed? No, no shot. He does not get squashed. That 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 made no sense to me. He, I think it would be a feel good moment if he's the one that defeats Gunther because he gets out of that comedy nonsense that he's been in for so long that's washed, and now he could be a serious wrestler. Everyone looked at him and said, "This is the next Kurt Angle," and it's almost like the WWE says, "Like, nope, we're squashing that. Nope, you're not going to be the next Kurt Angle. There's only one Kurt Angle." Well, that guy is the closest thing to Kurt Angle that I've seen in glimpses as a singles wrestler. So I don't, I don't get that at all. All right, coming up, we'll take more of your phone calls. Also, we're going to hear from Ohio Valley Wrestling's Al Snow and Mr. Spectacular Jesse Goddard. So you're going to really love this conversation because if you have Netflix, look for Wrestler, the docuseries that they have, the behind the scenes of what's happening at Ohio Valley Wrestling and how a wrestling company is built. You'll hear that coming up next. It's Jonathan Hood. I'm in for Denise and Mark, and this is Busted Open. You're listening to Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156, and the SXM app. I'm Jonathan Hood. I'm in for Denise and Mark here on this weekend edition of Busted Open. You can follow me at GKW underscore wrestling. So glad to have you in as we have several special guests. But our first guest will be from Ohio Valley Wrestling. If you have Netflix, I want you to go to Netflix and I want you to find the docuseries Wrestlers. It's available now. It came out about a week ago, and it reviews Ohio Valley Wrestling. It's located in Louisville, Kentucky. Same Ohio Valley Wrestling that was able to birth Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Dave Batista, The Miz, Randy Orton, and so many more. Al Snow is one of the owners of OVW, and Jesse Goddard's uh, is a wrestler there. We've seen him, Mr. Pictacular, for a while on the wrestling landscape, but he's one of the main faces for Ohio Valley Wrestling. So we're going to talk about this Netflix docuseries here, The Wrestler, and a conversation I had uh, on my platform, Good Karma Wrestling, with my partner, Brian Rowitz. We talked to Al Snow and Mr. Pictacular about this show, Wrestler. We'll start with you, Jesse. What's the reaction been so far to this show and everything that you've seen so far on Netflix. Outstanding. I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes, I think we're 100 out of 100 audience and them actually reviewing it. We've been on time at Esquire, like 
It's Forbes. It, yeah, Forbes. Yeah, he gets it. The Wall Street Journal, everybody. I think we're going down the hill and like real quick pause. Like I myself, everybody here shares the same sentiment. I know Al does. We can't thank Greg Whiteley enough. Like the true depiction of what goes on like through this docuseries in real life is just, it's beautiful, you know? And I don't use that word that often in life, uh, but this is truly for the casual viewer. Please check it out. Like check it out and talk about it. Hashtag wrestlers, Netflix. You can help us out. That's how you can do it. It's for reason, anybody that's watching. I'll give you one punch to the face, this face, the face that runs the place in many other organizations and federations and companies. And I'm saying networks. If you do not like it and you honest to goodness in your heart, do not like it. You can hit me in the face. But if you watch that one, you have to talk about it, please. That's all we ask. It's, I don't even think we even know what's going to happen. And we're just on the precipice and the brink of, you know, seeing what it's going to truly turn into. Al, Jesse, you've had cameras in your face your entire life. How different is this project versus others that you've been a part of? Well, this was very different. Uh, I can't emphasize enough. This was not a reality show. Uh, this honestly was a documentary, you know, and and we made a, 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 an agreement with Greg and the crew, you know, that we were, if we we're going to do it, uh, you know, we can't be half pregnant. We're going to go all the way. We're going to, you know, we're going to open up. And uh, we opened up literally everything, yeah, every aspect of our lives. We all, everyone, to everyone's test, you know, to, it's a testament to everyone's uh, commitment to OBW that they agreed to be so open with their lives, personally, uh, financially, uh, professionally. Uh, we we totally opened up the uh, doors wide to the crew. They were here from the end of May to the end of August, uh, filming you know twelve sixteen hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, you know it was it was uh, arduous at times, uh, a bit challenging, you know, sometimes frustrating. But you know we trusted Greg, we trusted the uh, the crew, and uh, I think uh, that. The reward was definitely worth the risk, you know. And what Greg has created is is quite honestly just amazing. What can this show mean to the wrestlers on the roster as they continue to grow their names and grow their brands? I think it's no. I think it's a the, it's an incredible opportunity to have exposure for these wrestlers to reach an audience, to connect with that audience, to build their fan base, to you know, uh, increase brand awareness of their product, which is them. Uh, and, and, you know, takes it, takes them literally around the world and makes them into an attraction that to an audience that they otherwise couldn't have ever connected with. And, uh, I believe that it's going to give them opportunities that they, they couldn't even imagine. We've said this before in in radio and television that, The biggest issue is like, you know, when the lights go off, that's when the drama starts. The bosses are asking you questions, all that. But when you're in the ring or when we're on air, it's the greatest because we're able to entertain. Jesse, how true is that? That once you're in the ring, it's cool. But when you leave it, there's there's drama that could happen. Definitely euphoric. When when you can single handedly off of one move or one facial expression, elicit true emotion from a live crowd that you're currently standing in front of. 
there's nothing like it. And you're a rock star. That's the best way to say it. Like the, the feeling you get is euphoric. And then the entire rest of your life, you're chasing the dragon. So that's the real caveat to your point, which is why so many people, when it comes to professional wrestling, continue their career, you know, for one more match, one more match, one more year, as long as their body holds up, you know, but I, there's absolutely nothing like it. I can't say that there is. And, and that's why I continue to do it, you know, here in present day, just because I love it so much. Al, you Jesse. feel the same way? Because Al, you've been on both sides of it now. Once you're in the ring, you feel like you're killing it. And then when you go to the back, uh-oh. Is that kind of what we're going to see at, uh, on this documentary as well, this docuseries? Uh, you know, not really. Uh, you know, I still very much, you know, am addicted to uh, being in the ring and, you know, that ability to make an audience stand up, sit down, cry, laugh, you know, and follow a story that you're creating in a moment. Uh, that's, it's heady stuff, you know, like, Jesse said, you get to be a rock star, a superhero, soap opera star, an actor, an athlete, uh, things at one time. And it's, it's, it's an amazing, incredible experience. But backstage, I've found, is, is just as amazing because I get to live vicariously through, and, uh, you know, Jesse and, and the rest of the roster, but, and uh, helping them create those moments with an audience. And that really, honestly is the real beauty of professional wrestling. And it's, it, that's what makes it so unique in entertainment is that, you know, every other form of entertainment works to entertain an audience. And we do as well, but we work to create a moment, a moment in time that only exists between you and that particular audience in that moment at that time, you can record it, you know, you can watch it back, but it's never that same moment. And everything we do from the moment, from the second we walk through that curtain is to create that moment, to create that one brief, bright, shining connection with that audience to take them emotionally to a height that they've, they've never experienced. Well, sort of along those lines, Al, when you talk about those rock star moments, when you're coaching up some of these wrestlers, how do you talk to them about creating those rock star moments with a styrofoam mannequin head? Uh, well, it, 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 it is, is literally that is creating a they have to the onus on them is to create uh, a persona uh, an aspect of their personality it's not a character i want to make that clear it's not a character it is an aspect of their personality that they have to be able to turn the volume up on and fill a room that room sometimes is going to be like a twenty thousand or sixty thousand seat arena but they have to be able to fill that room with their personality and it has to communicate to an audience and they have to believe in that personality so much so that if they believe in that personality, then they're going to believe that anything that that, that person in the ring does. And that, that's the key to being a star, period. You have every other aspect, every other tool. But if you don't have that ability to make an audience believe in who you are, they'll never believe in what you do or say. And that, that, unfortunately, I mean, look at some of the most major attractions we've had in professional wrestling, and they're all people that you can describe in a sentence or less. You could go, you went to your friends and you're like, there's this beer drinking, you know, he flips off his boss. He's a redneck. He's ass kicking. And you know who I'm talking about. 
It's Steve Austin. And you know who he is, what he stands for, what he'll do to win and what he'll do not to lose. All in one sentence. And that that is the key. That's the one thing that every one of these people here are trying to unlock so that they can become the next you know, major attraction in professional wrestling. Wrestlers is streaming now on Netflix. Check it out right now. If you love Netflix, and we know that you do, check out Wrestlers. It's available right now. Al, I'll, I'll ask you, and Jesse, I'd like for you to follow up. With this docuseries, how much will this uh, help business in OVW? I think, I think this docuseries is going to be a tremendous boon for OVW and for the wrestlers themselves. And, you know, this is a great springboard. It's a great opportunity and it's a great platform. Now we have to double down and we really have to put our notices to the grindstone and work even harder to not just, you know, have the springboard and go out a little bit and drop off. Now we've got to use it to really catapult us to, uh, to another level. Last night we had a sold out show. You know, and, and that's a testament to literally within 10 days of this coming out. It's up to us to sustain that and then can keep that trajectory going up. These guys are going to know what the pay-per-view buys are. That's going to be an actual a metric of the success that not only the show has, but we do as an actual product as a whole. You know, we've been I've been here for years now. When Al and I first started talking, he was like, hey, here's my vision. Here's what I want you to do. I'm the one that actually has the OVW National Heavyweight Championship for a reason. I say that I'm the face that runs the place. I know that OVW loves me. I know that Al loves me. He doesn't want to tell you that. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, it's all in our, it is our business. He is, you know, the puppet master behind the curtain. He is, he is Kermit. He is the one. This is live television every single week. That's to the likes of WWE and AEW. Nobody else is doing that. There's live to tape. Absolutely. This is live television. Anybody that's in the surrounding area of Louisville, Kentucky, gets to see that. You know, there's a mystique to that when it comes to entertainment because there is no, hey, let's retake this kind of thing. Something goes wrong, we do it on the fly. That's why he's in the back just, you know, turning knobs and pushing buttons and everything can go awry. And it, things that can go wrong will go wrong. Sound goes out, cameras cut off, this guy trips, this guy falls, this doesn't happen. All of that happens. If, if anybody actually wants to come here and see this, I encourage everybody to, to do so. And it's on us because it's our business. It's it's my brand. It's Mr. Pectacular's brand. I want people to not only come here, but enjoy it, have memories with their family, with like, you know, sons and daughters uh, of parents that literally come and actually have this be part of their week, you know, and it's up to us to, to continue to maintain that following that we now have because of this huge massive massive opportunity that the vehicle of, of wrestlers is being able to showcase because we haven't changed we haven't changed but the product has continuously gotten better in, in real time and, and the storylines are just outstanding right now the factions that we have the the things that we have going on here there's there's drama there's relationships there's love stories there's there's hatred that we used to have you know best friends all of that the entire gamut of professional wrestling is being depicted beautifully here at OBW. So I'd encourage and implore everybody to check it out. Yeah, really. we, we did sell out last night, but I want to make it clear. We've, we've been slowly growing and we've been consistently getting those types of audiences. That is a testament development of Jesse and, and the rest of the talent and how hard they've been working that we've been able to develop this. Cause 
this couldn't have happened at a better time. It happened a year and a half ago, two years ago. We couldn't capitalize on that, this opportunity like we can now. This will only increase and enhance what we've already been on a trajectory to do uh, since day one. Hashtag wrestlers. If you're watching the show on Netflix, Jesse, we'll end it with this for yourself in that locker room. What is the pressure like thinking about the names that have worked for OVW and you guys trying to carry on that legacy of what they did before you guys? We absolutely, absolutely think about that and talk about it, not necessarily on a daily basis, but we do know the the magnitude of that exact statement because we know also that there's other guys watching this product to potentially even get ideas for themselves for themselves there's storylines and there's things that we do that they could potentially pick up on and we could see literally that week yeah. actually happening i know because it's almost like it's happened before <laughs> regardless though we want them to still know that it's being held and that it's they can still be proud of obw and where they came from and they don't need to turn their back on it i wish sincerely from the bottom of my heart, I wish more people that have made it on bigger platforms and international, those international superstars that are megastars would give us the kudos that we, I mean, I'm not saying rightfully deserve, but shows in the product because of how Greg depicted everything. Like the actual product is just so beautiful and it sincerely is. And the casual viewer is going to be able to enjoy it. And I wish these mega superstars, you know, everybody, I, I, Top to bottom, whoever came through these doors of OVW, you know that you can help us out just by just by saying exactly what you said, hashtag wrestlers Netflix. DDP's recently done it. There's a handful of guys that have, whether I don't know if you called in a favor, but I genuinely think that it meant something to him to put that out there. And we love it because it's just like it, it's it encapsulates the fact that we know that we're still doing something right and that it did resonate with them and they are proud of us. And at the end of the day, I think that's all that we actually care about because we're still trying to live our dreams much like what they tried to do. The reason why they came through these doors. Great conversation there with Al Snow and Mr. Spectacular Jesse Goddard from Ohio Valley Wrestling. Love that. Get a chance to talk to those guys again. Netflix is a docu-series. Hey, we're wrestling fans, so we need to support Al Snow, Mr. Spectacular, Jesse Goddard, and Ohio Valley Wrestling. Great conversation with those guys. And just like, he's right. When it comes to um, professional wrestling and wrestlers that's in the business, if they just put that hashtag out there, that does wonders for Ohio, Ohio Valley Wrestling. You know, what I'm thinking about with Ohio Valley Wrestling is because, yes, you heard Al talk about how they have uh, sold out and the crowds are great because of the documentary. I'd like to know whether or not that if this company is going to be able to expand, will they go through the Missouri Valley and start having shows, not just in Kentucky, but will they have shows in Indiana? Will they have shows in Illinois, Tennessee? I'm wondering about the expansion of this because we've known Ohio Valley wrestling to be a, a really great spot for wrestlers to be able to learn, to be able to grow. But because they have TV, and I believe they have, a, if I'm not mistaken, a pay-per-view that's going to be coming up for Ohio Valley Wrestling pretty soon here. I think that's through Premier Networks. If that is the case, I wonder how much that they will expand. Because I just think, yes, we do have a lot of options for wrestling, but what's wrong with one more? 
especially when it's run by someone that we all know, like Al Snow, a guy that has cared about this business, whose blood, whose blood, sweat, and tears are all over this business, from ECW to the WWE and all points in between. I'd like to know if they're going to be able to expand more. Look, I know that even for me, I have a wrestling bandwidth. Sometimes I might be behind on a show or two that's not AW, WWE, or, um, or, or New Japan. But still, it's good for us to have even have more options. Yes, there's wrestling on almost every day, but what's wrong with Ohio Valley being able to expand even more so? I think that's actually great for the business that, because it gives the wrestlers more places to work. All right, coming up, speaking of wrestling, let's talk about Impact Wrestling. The pretty, the, uh, pretty boy Pitbull, Kenny King, is going to be with us. We're going to get his thoughts on the latest on Impact Wrestling that's still to come. It's Busted Open, the weekend edition right here on Sirius XM Channel 156. What's up and welcome in to Busted Open on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I'm Jonathan Hood, and for Denise and Mark here on this weekend edition of Busted Open, who's Jonathan Hood? I'm just a longtime friend of Dave LaGreca's, and I'm a Busted Open member just like you. I'm a day one guy, though, so I'm glad that you're with us here. 877-344-4893. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. You can follow me on X on Twitter, GKW underscore wrestling. One of the questions we have out there for you, uh, GKW underscore wrestling, we talked earlier about Eddie King. Kingston as we await the arrival of the pretty boy Pitbull uh, Kenny King from Impact Wrestling. I do want to go back to Eddie Kingston, though, because we talked about feel-good wrestling moments. And there's been so many of them over the years as you and I have been watching wrestling. But I think the latest feel-good moment was Eddie Kingston winning that ROH championship against Claudio Castagnoli. And the reason why I bring it up is because I'm wondering from you, do feel-good moments in wrestling still exist? If there's one that we're missing, tell us. You, know, you can call us, of course, as always, but also you can tweet in your thoughts. I mean, think about what we saw with Kingston. Here's a guy here that loves the business, that loves professional wrestling, uh, is a New Japan stand, and yet he's on this platform, first match, and he wins the ROH championship. Now, whatever you think of ROH today, it still matters to a lot of wrestling fans. And so for, for Eddie Kingston to be able to win against Claudio, it's a feel-good moment. It's in New York. His family's there. It was fantastic. Uh, so what about the feel-good moments of today? The only thing I was thinking about, and we had a caller earlier that mentioned, you know, what if you have a, a situation where the Intercontinental Championship changes? Okay, that'd be cool. All right? And then there's someone else. What if Cody is able to be able to win the championship and he finishes the story? There's still good feel-good moments out there in professional wrestling. That's my whole point. Eddie Kingston being able to win the championship was a feel-good moment, but there's still more. And we hope that you can be able to add on to that list. GKW underscore wrestling for feel-good moments in wrestling. Here is a feel-good moment on Busted Open. The pretty boy Pitbull, Kenny King, Impact Wrestling's own, a future Hall of Famer. He is with me, Jonathan Hood, right here on Busted Open. Kenny, as always, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. You're muted, my friend. You're muted. But see, if you're Kenny, if you know Kenny King, though, usually, usually somebody does that for him, 
I, I'm amazed that you're just there by yourself solo. You have people doing things for you, so I don't even understand why you have to do your own muting and unmuting. Every every now and then, man, the king, king must get off his throne and show that he's still capable of ruling. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. How's life, man? It's great to talk to you again. How's life? So so I, my initial was Jay Hood. <laughs> What's up, bro? How you doing, man? Everything is good, man. Good to be on with you again. How's it? I'm glad that you uh that you out here doing your solo dolo thing, busted open. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm just sitting. I'm just filling in. I need to know what's up with you before we get get into business. I need to know what's up with you because you fans, you got to be able to follow uh, Kenny on Instagram. Okay, as I mentioned before, you're a man of means. Okay, you know you you got a lot of money and you got you're a man of means. People know who you are. For the idea that you're in the kitchen trying to flip eggs, I mean, I know that you have people doing this for you. You've got chefs. You got people waiting on you hand and foot. Could you explain to me why? Why a man of your of your ilk, a future Hall of Famer, is flipping eggs in his own kitchen? What's up with that? Because somebody told me I couldn't do it. Simply, simply put, like I now, mind you, I, I like to cook. I get down in the kitchen. Um, I like to cook. It's it's a, it's it's a therapeutic. It's a it's a very um, it's something that I've really learned to love to do. So I so I like to cook my own meals. But the but I've always been one of those. If you want to turn your eggs, you got to flip it with a spatula. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, my daughter was like, Dad, you can't flip those eggs. And I was like, who can't flip what eggs? Because <laughs> uh, one of them ended up directly on the burner. Uh, she was out. I could not flip those eggs. <laughs> it's amazing, man. Your own family is challenging you. Do they know that you are the king? I mean, what is up with that? And so, you, of course, like Michael Jordan, of course, you're going to take that challenge. You took it personally. Taking that bet every time. Taking that bet every single time. <laughs> It's so ridiculous, man. Could you tell me what the latest is of Impact Wrestling? I think it's amazing. It's a great testament to um, being able to have resolve to have over a thousand episodes and for this company to continue to keep ticking. What what are your thoughts about the current state of the business of Impact Wrestling business? Man, I just think that uh, that Impact is is literally the best kept secret in pro wrestling right now. Top to bottom, the roster is fantastic. We have the best women's division in all the professional wrestling. Um, and and if you look at the 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 members of the roster and, and each from from you know the heavyweights to the X division to the tag, um, we we stack up and we match up in every single category. Um, so it is just one of those things where the people, our fans, are are absolutely in in the middle of just watching some fantastic wrestling, and we're just pulling more eyes every every single time that we're out. Um, you know, Trinity has done uh, amazing things uh, for you know just her fan base and just the people that love her. Uh, now, our Impact fans, you know what I mean. It's, it's one thing to just be fans of something or someone or 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 a uh, or a brand. Uh, when they switch teams or when they switch brands or whatever, but uh, Trinity's fans, which were Trinity's fans, have not become Impact fans. So that's just a testament to what we got going on here and how we um, we just go hard every single show. Yeah, I, you know, I I do have a bone to pick though because I had real thug tears when you lost your championship to Tommy Dreamer. Like 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 okay, Kenny, listen, I know a championship does not define you; you define you. But that can't happen, man. Please explain. Why? Uh, and I'm still waiting on my rematch. I'm still waiting on the the instant replay shows that Heath came out. So, you know, hey, listen, sometimes sometimes politics get in the way of things. Uh, Tommy Dreamer may. may uh, and again, you know, this is Tommy's channel. So I, I, I don't know if you've noticed that Tommy certainly ain't been on Busted April talking about, oh, I got to give Ken King his rematch. He always skated about his skin. Heath, all the help in the world. 
Uh, you know what I mean? It might as well have brought the damn White Plains National Guard out to, to help him. So it, it, it was in the cards. Uh, you know, Sandman must have must spiked my. You know, I, I, they're all back there. All these ECW dudes are back there. So I think it was a collective. Uh, you know, Devon and Bubba might have spiked my uh, my 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 oil. Yes. Um, and it's 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 a collective. They just wanted to see Tommy win, but it's all good, baby. We'll get that back. Yeah, I believe all of that, by the way, because and if nothing else, Kenny King is a giving man. There's no question oh, yeah. that you're a giving man because that's, I mean, real thug tears. I'm watching on my screen. I'm just like, that can't happen, man. That can't happen. But, I, again, the championship does not define you. I just need to know what your, your future is because it's interesting about factions, right? When factions are in wrestling, someone's supposed to spin out of there and be the next star or the next person in line for a championship. What about now as far as factions and impact wrestling? Uh, I mean, you know, it's an interesting uh, time because usually Impact Wrestling's got a bunch of factions, a bunch of gangs running around here. It's like damn L.A. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but uh, this has been a time where it's not really like that. There's uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of two man squads. Obviously, you got you know you got Bullet Club or whichever version of Bullet Club we got here. <laughs> if it's Bullet Club Unlimited or Bullet Club Silver, whichever version. But we got you know Chris Bay and Ace Austin. They do their thing representing Bullet Club. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you got a lot of two man squads. You got Moose and Myers, uh, you know, you've got, uh, Raj and, and Shira. So it's not a whole lot of four or five man groups. It's not, it's not back in the BDC days when you got a four man killer. Oh group. man. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's more of, you know, more localized focus squads. I think Honor No More was the last big faction, uh, in Impact. Shout out to Honor No More. Kenny King is with us on Busted Open. Jonathan Hood in for Mark and Denise right here on Series XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Uh, Bound for Glory is right around the corner. I expect you to be on that card. I expect to see you in Chicago. Uh, you will be there. I talked to the powers that be. I expect you to be on that card. Will you be on that card for Bound for Glory? Ain't no question. I'm already signed for Bound for Glory. You'll see me. This is the biggest show of the year. And if you don't have Kenny King on the biggest show of the year, then somebody needs to have their head checked. So, you know, maybe, who knows? Maybe Tommy Dreamer will grow a pair and, and give me my rematch because, you know, it's in my contract. Everybody seems to forget about that. So, so we don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe I can politic my way uh, to, to, to getting in that that um alex shelley versus josh alexander match since politicking is the way to go around here oh yeah well i'm a hashtag that to death to make sure that you're in that match we got to mm -hmm. get you in on that uh, platform man i'm a fan many people are fan listening to uh to busted open so we gotta get you there uh as far as i want to talk about your start in the business and to where you are right now as far as african-american wrestlers in the business what's the difference between when you first started and now regarding the growth of black wrestlers men and women in the business um, I think the biggest thing is when I first started, uh, if you were going to a company, uh, really indie or otherwise, and it, and it's weird that you had to do this, but you had to look and see what other black talent was there. You had to look and see how many, because there was a, not a quota, but there was a quota. If there was four or five black dudes already there. Eh, chances are you're not getting on. Mm -hmm. Um, so that has not been a thing. Um, it is, it is really, uh, and I think that is the, the thing that has, has, opened up everything else right because if you have an influx of talent no matter how much how many it is uh if you are allowing talent to just come in and and and, and shine uh then that talent's going to shine they're going to raise to other levels and they're going to raise awareness and it's just going to open the door and open the door so it's it's a it's self um 
I don't want to say self-fulfilling prophecy, but it, but it's, but it's, uh, it, it perpetuates itself. That's what I'm trying to say. It perpetuates itself because it's, you know, one person opens the door for, you know, if it wasn't for a, for a Devon, a D-Lo, uh, you know, Farouk and, and, and Amar, you know, there wouldn't have been a Kenny King, you know, maybe if there wasn't a Kenny King and a Jay Lethal, there wouldn't have been a Chris Bay and a Lee Moriarty. So, you know, these, these things are, are, are coming a lot quicker uh, generationally than they did when I first broke in. Kenny, you've done everything in the business. And the one thing in our conversations I've, I failed to ask you is like, what else do you want to do in the business after this? Like you're, as you wrestle, as you're still in your prime, you can do this for forever. Is there anything else that you want to accomplish in the business that you have not done yet? Lord have mercy. My knees don't know we can do this forever, so I don't know who you <laughs> Well, TV does tricks, though. I mean, I, as I watch TV, you still look like the guy I used to pay to see in Chicago at, uh, at ROH, you know, so. Ridge, shout out to Chicago Ridge, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's nothing like Chicago Ridge to see Kitty King go from go from the weight room to, like, the one shower across uh, in the back of the fans, just with his flip-flops. That's what he, that's it, just to sneak by while a match was going by at the Chicago Ridge. Outstanding. Those are, those are the good old days. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that it's it's just about broadening horizons. It's about looking at uh, at things and say, okay, I've done this, I've done this. What else is, is, is a major thing that I feel like I need to do? And uh, so <clears throat> when I look at one of the things that I think would be uh, be the major thing is I, I'd like to wrestle in Japan, never wrestled in Japan. And I'd like to complete the big arena thing. So I've gotten, uh, so I was talking to, to, to Bully Ray, and the only arena that I've competed in that bully that that uh, bully Ray has competed in that I have not competed in. I think that's it's a it's a, I think Jericho has called this um, the the holy you know circuit of pro wrestling arenas, but uh, Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, ECW Arena, Madison Square Garden, um, Arena Mexico in Mexico City, and the Tokyo Dome. And the only one I don't have, Bubba, is the Tokyo Dome. So Tiger Hattori, New Japan Pro Wrestling, let's make this happen. Wow, that you had, you have you have wrestled a lot, a lot of different places. That's and those are holy grail spots that you just mentioned, and you've been all over 100%. the world. Wow, hundred percent. So that so the Tokyo Dome is. I think that completes the the, the infinity gauntlet of of legendary arenas. Man, that's awesome. Okay, so you know we're getting on the precipice of um, of cuffing season. Uh, and it's hoodie season as well. Uh, and of, of course, guys, if you have a hoodie, because it's fall, protect your hoodie at all possible. you got to be able to protect your hoodie because she will take your hoodie. You will not see it again until the spring. So as you could give that advice as well, right? It is hoodie season. Is it not in the oh, fall? It is, it, is, it is definitely hoodie season. I, see, I got my joint on lock here, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my body. <laughs> it's cuffing season as well i like for yeah. you to give some as we always talk about you need to give advice to these dudes here in the black t-shirts the wrestling fan that needs some help as far as trying to talk to women oh man stop listening to these idiots on these podcasts fellas stop listening to these guys these fresh and fit idiots these dudes that don't have no i mean come on let's let's be honest i'm just if you look at fresh these dudes on the fresh and field what experience they got with women right. <laughs> So that's the problem. You have a lot of guys with a lot of um, a lot of opinions and a lot of ideas of what women are that don't have any actual experience with women. So um, stop That's the number one thing. Stop listening to these guys. These guys don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, you know, find an OG. Talk to your dad. Talk to your uncle. Find an OG. Um, and and you know what? Like, women are not the scary 
crazy thing, talk to them. Be nice to them. Talk to them. Um, you know, find your common interest, find commonality. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? Don't don't worry about stupid nonsense, body count, and, 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 and all this other garbage. <laughs> Wait just, a minute. Just a uh, second. Did you say body count? Is that what you I said? I did. I've had these conversations before where dudes are like, oh, man, so if she's got a body count, what what's her name? What does she like to do? Does she read? Like, what do you want? You want about the wrong things, bro. <laughs> so that's that is unfortunately what I've been, uh, you know, in the in the younger circuit. I got I got students that I train, and I got a, a, a young squad. Shout out to Lights Camera Faction in Las Vegas, a young uh, squad that I that I lead. So uh, I'm trying to lead these dudes out of the uh, the, the the alpha male podcast genre into some actual like experience. <laughs> uh, and lastly. Um, you, I know that you have every, yeah, you have, you have a lot of things, you know, on the dresser that, you know, for smell good. Is there is in particular product that you'd like to promote for wrestling fans so they could smell good when they meet an opposite sex? So you, you have to have something. Yeah. Let's start with deodorant. Let's start there. That's a heavy, that's a major one. Let's start with deodorant. Such a freaking um, heel. Such a heel. You did not have to go there with the old spice. You did not have I'm, to hit him with that. Why did you do that? Kenny King, why? I'm just saying, let's start at the basics, baby. You can't you can't run you can walk, right? Just start spraying. If I give you if I tell you to put on some Aquadigio or some Armani Emporio and you got green vapors coming underneath your arm, you're gonna disrespect everything. Right? So so let's start with the basics. Wash your butt, throw some deodorant on. And then go get you, uh, go get you. Here's here's what I'll give you. I'll give you three. Uh, Armani Emporio. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, what is that? Bulgari Blue. Oh. And let's go. Uh, actually, then let's go. To, then let's go. Blue de Chanel. Oh. Could you imagine, man, the wrestling fans when they get you get an autograph from you and they start smelling like one of those three things? You got to give them props if they come up to you and be like, "Oh, I know that's that fragrance. Good job, mm-hmm. right?" Chanel, you are listening. See, you're gonna do all right today, bud. <laughs> See, that's Kenny King. He just gave you free advice, folks. For cuffing season, the, the holidays around the corner, you gotta be able to smell good. You look good. I mean, Deion Sanders is telling you that all the time, right? Look good, feel good, smell good. Good wrestling fan. All the time. That's so everybody who who picks up that free game, go buy a Kenny King shirt. Let's just you know, let's keep this thing. Let's reciprocate. <laughs> don't forget uh, Impact Wrestling. You can watch it on Access TV, but don't forget Bound for Glory coming up in October. Uh, make sure you, if you can't get there, watch it on pay per view. Impact Wrestling Bound for Glory in October. Kenny, it's been my pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Always good talking to Jay Hood. I'll see you next time. All right, it is Kenny King with us here on Busted Open. Coming up, we'll get a chance to talk about the weekly winner. Man, there was a lot of wrestling we got to talk about. So many matches, so many cards that we got to go through. Who was the weekly winner for professional wrestling this week? Find out next. It's Jonathan Hood in for Mark and Denise, and this is Busted Open. The landscape of pro wrestling is evolving, which means more options for fans. So many activities. What was the best show this week? You ain't first, you're last. The week's over, so get over. This is the Busted Open Weekly Winner. 
Glad that you're with us on Busted Open or on Sirius XM Fight Nation. This is the weekend edition. I got Ariel, I got Zach, we got you on Fight Nation, channel 156. 877-344-4893 is our phone number. I'm Jonathan Hood in for Denise and Mark Henry. I'm just a day one Busted Open member and a longtime friend of Dave LaGreca. That's why I'm here filling in for Denise and Mark. So glad to be back on with the Busted Open Nation. Uh, if I Listen, I'd be listening if I wasn't on today. So then that's who I am, a Busted Open member just like you. It's now time to take a look at the um, weekly winner. And boy, do we have another hour, by the way? We have another hour for weekly winner? I remember doing this segment when we only had a few shows. I mean, this is going to take a while. So just bear with me, because there's so many good things that happened in wrestling this week. Okay, let's go through it. Let's start with AEW Collision. This was last Saturday, of course. Uh, Saturday night, Collision was um, in Grand Rapids, and that's going to be a heck of a, a card. I, I can't wait to hear from uh, Dave and the crew about what's going to be on Collision uh, on Saturday the 23rd. But Big Bill and Ricky Starks against Brian Danielson and Claudio. Okay, so that's one of the best matches of the week to me because uh, Danielson and Claudio, obviously, they're great for the, with the BCC. What I don't understand about AEW at times is how come big guys just can't get over? When you see Big Bill, you know what I see? I see a young Kevin Nash. And actually, I would say that Big Bill does more than Kevin Nash has done in the ring. Why does Big Bill keep losing? Like, I, I just don't understand. Now, Big Bill and, and Ricky Starks, they defeated Brian Danielson and Claudio in this matchup. But Big Bill, as a single, should be able to be a big star in this company. So because Big Bill and Ricky Starks won, uh, Danielson took the pinfall in that one. I really like that matchup. Uh, the Iron Savages, by the way, are just like a throwback from the 1980s. It's amazing. They lost to FTR, which is interesting. Uh, Scorpio Sky. I don't know the latest on Scorpio Sky. I saw the match against Andrade. And one of the things that attracted me about Collision is hey, we get a chance to see Andrade as a singles and see Scorpio Sky, who I think I think he's criminally underrated, Scorpio Sky. Hopefully he's healthy enough to have a run here because I remember his vignettes when he first came uh, back on the scene. Healthy now. I want to see more from Scorpio Sky. Not necessarily in a faction, but just him to see what he can do because I think that his personality is compelling. Andrade, though, defeated Scorpio Sky in a good match. I want to see more from Sky and see more from Andrade. Andrade, you talk about faces of collision. I think he's definitely one of them. But I just want to see him in even more meaningful matches moving forward. Uh, and Chris Stantlander, she defeated Brick Baker. Okay, so Dr. Brick Baker, to me, is still a top three wrestler in AEW on the women's division. I don't want her to fade out of the picture. Okay, Statlander winning over Britt Baker was a head-scratcher to me. I understand that Statlander's a champion, but I don't want Britt Baker to fade out of the sunset into the sunset here because she still gets over. She still is great on the mic. People still do the DMD when she's out there, and so people are attracted to Britt because early in her AEW career, she was it as the uh, women's champion. Hopefully, Britt can get back in that title picture and win again. Let's go back to Raw on Monday. So there's a lot of things that happen there with uh, Cody Rhodes and Dirty Dom Mysterio. It is amazing that when Dom is in there, and he loses a lot. That's why he's in there. He loses a lot. Someone from the Judgment Day has got to lose. Usually is Dom taking a pinfall. He loses nothing. He loses the match, but he loses nothing as far as his persona and his character. Uh, he's still going to get booed every week. And it doesn't matter. It's just the idea that when Dom's out there, people are against him because it's a great gimmick now. They boo him out of the building, but he loses nothing every time he does lose a match. And Cody Rhodes stays strong. 
You see, what else happened here on Raw that was interesting? You know what was an underrated match that no one's going to talk about except me? One thing for sure that Vince McMahon is back because we get a lot of big man versus little man matches. That's kind of the one of the credos of uh, Vince McMahon. Let's get the little guy against the big guy. Kofi Kingston against Ivar slapped. I thought that was not a bad match at all, actually. I know it was early in the, the 8 o'clock Eastern hour. It actually was a good match. I liked it. I- Ivar, he's like a cruiserweight, even though he's a big guy. He can move around a lot. Trouble in Paradise was the finish for Kofi Kingston. So Ivar, you know, he, there's no skin off his nose. But that was really, I thought, a very solid match between those two. Really liked that a lot. I couldn't make a, the case that that might have been the best match on Raw on Monday night. Let's see. Nakamura against Ricochet. Um, Nakamura wins because of disqualification. Nakamura tried to hit Ricochet with a chair, but Ricochet took him and hit him in the head instead with it with that chair. Uh, good match. Love to see that more often too. Nakamura as a heel. It's not New Japan Nakamura. We're not going to see. Not, we're not going to see New Japan knock. I don't think we're going to see that. But we see a guy that's really into his bag as a heel. I like it. Him taking on Seth Rollins is a fresh match. Even though Nakamura lost the last match against um, Seth Rollins, it's okay. Is Nakamura a future champion, heavyweight champion in WWE? I don't know. But it seems like it based on how everything is written and how Nakamura is going about things. I really like that. I mentioned to a caller earlier, how is it that Chad Gable loses to Bronson Reed? What the hell happened there? What, what happened there? Like So Chad is in this... In a really great match with Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I didn't think that Gable would win, even though it would happen in Minneapolis in Gable's hometown, but it's okay. Gable has come into his own. I all, we all knew he was there. We all knew that Chad was this guy, but he wrestled really well against Gunther. And then the next week he gets squashed by Bronson Reed. What does that do for Chad Gable? I didn't understand that creative. Did not understand it. Um, for Natalia to come out against Becky Lynch, we know what the uh, end result was going to be for that. But Becky Lynch is the NXT Women's Champion. I don't know why Becky Lynch is the NXT Women's Champion. <laughs> I mean, she's way more established than that. The only thing that I could come up with is this brings more eyeballs to NXT on Tuesday nights because I think for some WWE fans, because you get sm- uh, Raw and SmackDown, you're like, okay. I'll see some things on NXT or it's skippable. Now, I think WWE is trying to get that number up, and I think that that makes sense. But Becky Lynch is NXT champion. You know what NXT is, right? You and I both know what it is. It's developmental. So why is Becky Lynch the women's champion? Now, here's the thing. You get some fresh fresh matches from Becky Lynch in NXT against some of those young women, but her on Raw defending the NXT championship, I think that's interesting. Uh, but I, I think ultimately he's trying to get that, that rating number up for on Tuesday nights for NXT. And Drew McIntyre defeated Jay Uso uh, after the Claymore kick, and Uso was di- distracted by the Judgment Day. Jay Uso, if he ever was part of the Judgment Day, that would screw up the whole thing with the bloodline. Like, I don't think this is ever going to happen, but I just find it uh, fascinating. Could we see Drew McIntyre part of the Judgment Day? Let's think about that. That could be something, because Drew is turning heel at some point. We just don't know when. A couple of um, things from NXT I want to go through as well. Tiffany Stratton and Becky agreed to a No Mercy rematch. Tiffany Stratton showed me so much against Becky Lynch. Again, Becky goes to Florida 
And she defeats Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Championship. We knew that was going to happen. I guess the point is, is that it really was a showcase for Tiffany Stratton. I, I have to admit, I hadn't seen so much of Tri- Tiffany Stratton as NXT champion, but boy, she unloaded on Becky Lynch. And it was a really, really good match. One of the best matches of that week. And so they're going to be wrestling a, a No Mercy rematch, which is really great. And then... Tiffany Stratton, she uh, loses with Kiana James against uh, Valkyrie and Becky in the uh, in a tag team match in the main event for NXT. So, interesting. Uh, the Global uh, Heritage Invitational, by the way, um, with Joe Coffey against Nathan Frazier uh, and Duke Hudson uh, to Group B of the Invitational, that's a banger. I, I, I like the Coffees. I watched them in NXT UK. So them on NXT, I mean, those are established veterans. Um, so there's a, a few wrestlers I really like on the NXT brand. AEW Dynamite for weekly winner. Okay, so we get Eddie Kingston defeating Claudio Castagnoli. Now that Eddie's a double champion, which is great. We get Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho. It's a better match than I thought it was going to be. Sammy uh, Guevara and Chris Jericho. Jericho wins that match, by the way. Jericho won that match uh, on AEW Dynamite. Really cool. And then Don Callis comes out, and now we come to find out that Sammy Guevara and Don Callis are together. Then they get booed out of the building on Rampage. Man, that's something. See, we knew that the turn was coming. We weren't really sure because Sammy Guevara and uh, Chris Jericho have a great relationship, but not anymore. So Don Callis is really building his family, which is really great. AEW International Championship, Ray Phoenix against John Moxley as Ray Phoenix becomes the champion. There's a lot wrong with this. And I know that uh, Jimmy Corderas is a longtime listener of Busted Open and a good friend. I would love for Jimmy to explain to me what happened with Rick Knox as the official. That, such a cluster F, that whole thing. Because it's like, I'm not sure exactly when Moxley had his concussion. I feel like it was early, very early in the match. But I think that and Jimmy and any other ref, uh, referee that's listening can call in or just tell me. I think that if Moxley's shoulders are down, you count that as a shoot. If Moxley's not going to get that shoulder up, one, two, he wasn't getting up. And then Rick Knox said two and a half. And then Ray Phoenix. And again, Phoenix didn't know what was going on with Moxley. He dumps Moxley on his head again. I'm like, oh, God. And then it's one, two, three. But I think that first time around for Rick Knox – isn't that, don't you call that as a shoot? It was just so bizarre and it's so embarrassing because you think, okay, Moxley's going to go over, but if Moxley has a concussion, how can you tell? Did the doctors know he had a concussion? Hard to tell in the heat of battle. But just that pinfall, one, two, and then he, and then he pulls up short of three, and it's kind of like the fans know that's BS, right? Then Phoenix ends up winning the championship. I hope the best for John Moxley. I know that he's rough and tumble, and I know that he's a tough guy, but God almighty, right? Like, you only have, as JR would tell you, Jim Ross would tell you, you only have so many bumps in your bump card. Holy smokes. Tony Storm, she loses to Soraya, but no skin off of Tony Storm's nose. The AEW Women's Championship. Oh, Tony Storm is amazing. This 1950s starlet that's trying to get back in the spotlight. She comes out in the black and white um, in her in her open, and she comes down the ramp. Fantastic. Must watch. This is when you make something out of nothing. Tony Storm has always been one of my favorites, but this character, this extension of her her character, of her actual person, I mean, she's been great. 
She loses to Soraya, so I'm sure she'll get another title match, but that's great. And of course, MJF uh, defeating Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe with the handshake uh, to MJF uh, afterwards. But a good match. Not the best match on the card. The best match on the card for me was the first match, Eddie Kingston and Claudio uh, for the ROH Championship. Impact had some great things as well. Eric Young defeated the aforementioned Kenny King by disqualification. We had Josh Alexander defeating Trey Miguel with a C4 spike and a pinfall there. Awesome knockout tag team match. So many stars, right? You got Awesome Kong, Gail Kim, Mickey James, Jordan Grace, Trinity, Shaw, Savannah uh, Evans, Perazzo, Steels, Angelina Love. Crazy, right? Crazy. A lot of great. And the one hallmark of Impact Wrestling for years has been the women's division. Shout out to Dutch Mantel and whoever else that was able to get that knockout division going for years. It's been really the must-watch in Impact Wrestling slash TNA. The knockout tag team match. Fantastic. And, of course, we got um, SmackDown as well. We went over EO Sky against Asuka. We also talked about AW Rampage uh, as well. But when I go through the best of the best, I'm going to tell you, and there's a lot here that had the, who was the weekly winner? <sighs> I'm going to have to give it to AW Dynamite. Going to have to give it to AW Dynamite. And you can vote as well uh, at Bust Open, but I'm just telling you that AW Dynamite, because the card was stacked, I think that they are the weekly winner here because of what I talked about earlier, about MJF and Samoa Joe to get that on TV, not pay-per-view. Soraya and Tony Storm was so underrated. Phoenix and John Moxley, again, Phoenix is the champion. I'm happy for that because he's been fantastic. The switch for, for Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston and, and Claudio, to me, the weekly winner is AEW Dynamite. You disagree? Check in. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number here on Busted Open. And coming up next, we talk about the WWE. Only in this regard, though. Think about the WWE a year ago. And now they're part of this merger with Endeavor. Is WWE better off now than it was a year ago? We'll discuss. I'm Jonathan Hood in for Denise and Mark Henry. This is Busted Open. It's busted open on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. I'm Jonathan Hood in for Denise Salcedo and Mark Henry. 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. Great to be able to talk to Al Snow and Mr. Spectacular, Jesse Goddard's. Uh, as well as Kenny King. You can hear those conversations on the SXM app. Just look for Busted Open in case you missed those conversations. Outstanding to be able to talk to those three. And don't forget Busted Open on Fight Nation, Monday through Saturday, 9 to noon Eastern. And again, you can catch it on the SXM app. Uh, still to come, we'll have our Mimosa Minute. There's a lot of stuff that I'm interested in outside of wrestling, which we'll get to in a little bit. But first, the state of the WWE. Okay, so for us as wrestling fans, of course, we're focused on what's happening inside the ring, what's happening there, but also the business of the wrestling business. Some are into it, some are not, but I'm, I'm into everything when it comes to pro wrestling because I'm a wrestling fan and have been for quite a long time. So this whole merger between um, the UFC and the WWE, this Endeavor merger, where for the first time in well over 40 years, 50 years, Vince McMahon actually has a boss, 
it's it's crazy, right? He actually has a boss. He is the leader and this, the chairman of the board in the WWE, but when it comes to this whole merger, he actually has a boss, does Vince McMahon. And I wonder if the WWE better off uh, now than it was a year ago. And here's why I asked the question. I asked the question to you, Busted Open Nation, because we we love the stories when you get to these big events, whether it's Survivor Series, whether it's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, and all the other events in between, we're into these events and we want to be able to be entertained by great wrestling. On the other hand, you think about it and you say, okay, why so many cuts? I'm still not happy that the WWE continue on a, almost on an annual basis to cut talent. Why do you cut talent? They have all these platforms, whether it's at Raw or SmackDown or the main event show they have or NXT. I know they're going to do some stuff internationally. I, I got to replace that NXT UK thing with something, NXT Europe or whatever. I think that's supposed to be down the line. But you, you have plenty of opportunities for wrestlers to work under your umbrella. At one point, there was a hiring freeze where the WWE wasn't hiring anybody. It was just the same wrestlers. But because you had a hiring freeze, what a great opportunity to see Johnny Gargano. Right, I remember having an interview with Johnny Gargano before he came back to the WWE. He was just excited about the opportunity for him to be able to maybe wrestle for the Intercontinental Championship or to be able to be uh, one of the last members in the, uh, in the Royal Rumble or maybe win the Rumble and be able to get to a certain level. And he's just kind of been swept under the rug, wrestlers like that. You know, we've talked earlier about Dolph Ziggler in particular, how Dolph Ziggler just kind of just pushed to the side. Mustafa Ali, Shelton Benjamin, Matt Riddle, names go on and on of wrestlers that can't seem to get into the stratosphere of being able to be on our TV so we can root for them and buy their merch and all that kind of stuff. So we have to look at the ebb and flow of the WWE. There was a time. I'm old enough to remember, and you're old enough to remember this as well. There was a time that Vince McMahon wasn't running the WWE, when in which he was forced out by the, the board of directors. Pretty much was just like, yeah, Vince, because of what you do away from the office or what you do in the office, you don't need to be around WWE anymore. So you're going to be forced out. And he was away for a while. But this deal happens with Endeavor because Vince McMahon wanted to get back into the game. This is the only thing that he's really good at, making money and being able to run the WWE. He's had so many failed ventures. And by the way, I don't hate him for it. The idea that you try to start a football league several times and have the World Body Federation, the World Bodybuilding Federation, and you know he's done so many different things outside of wrestling to try to be a promoter for other things that he has not fared well. He's failed in those things. But the one thing he can do is run the WWE. And so maybe with his time away, he kept thinking, okay, if I'm not with WWE, what do I do now? God damn it. What do I do now, pal? I'm not trying to wrestling. I'm going to grow a mustache and I'm going to dye my hair. That's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what he did. He dyed his hair and grew a mustache. Okay, great. Now what? Well, through hook or by crook, he was able to get back into the WWE. And the thing that is interesting to me is when Triple H had full autonomy of the company as far as his booking, it was good. I think people like me were excited about Triple H because I watched him under NXT and just thought he had bangers. 
those special shows they had, those takeovers, and that weekly TV before AEW was a thing, that was must-watch TV under Triple H. Do some of you remember that? Do you remember watching NXT under Triple H and like, wow. What I said at the time, and Dave uh, LaGreca agreed with me at the time, I said, this is territory wrestling with money, with bright lights and money. It, because it was a small arena, same one, the Performance Center in, in Orlando, they turned the lights on, great production, but it was small, and they had wrestlers with time, and they were learning on the job, and they were telling stories, and under Triple H, it was fantastic. Like, oh, my God, I got to watch this every week, this NXT. And the stories were told, and they had these takeovers that were like pay-per-views, and you had to watch them because they were great. Triple H moves on to be able to run the WWE as a whole. Shawn Michaels takes over NXT, and then, of course, there is Paul Levesque there running Raw and SmackDown. So I'm watching that, and I'm like, you know what? He's trying to do some things differently. And I think that was a good thing when he tried to make the Intercontinental Championship mean something again. That was just another title under Vince. But on Triple H, the vignettes, the way that the championship was defended was awesome. Really enjoyed that a lot. All the way up to where we are right now, Gunther is something. He surpassed the honky-tonk man for the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. And by the way, for a certain uh, wrestler for a certain age, that championship meant more or close to being as uh, much as the WWE Championship with Hogan. You love to see Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat and the Honky Tonk Man and Rick Rude and all those guys with the Intercontinental Championship back in the day because you know you'd get a great match. Hogan, eh, 10 minutes and out, 15 minutes and out, leg drop, one, two, three, hand to the ear, you know, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, so long, everybody. But the Intercontinental Championship, man, sometimes that was the top of the card. I remember like the Intercontinental Championship would come to the Midwest. That would be the top of the card on a B-show. That thing would be amazing. 15 minutes, no. 30 minutes, no. Sometimes 45 minutes for the Intercontinental Championship. And so my point is is that it's cool that Gunther has it because it means something with him having the title uh, on, you know, for him. It's great. Um, but where we are today with the Endeavor deal, when I ask, is it better off now than it was a year ago, let me ask you this. If the WWE is going to move away from Peacock, are you willing to pay $50 a month for pay-per-views? It might come to that. It may come to that where they're on a different platform, where they're not on Peacock. Maybe they move to Amazon Prime. That's still, even though uh, SmackDown is going to be part of the USA Network, we still don't know what's happening with Raw. We're still wondering the future of Raw. They're going to be on USA Network. Will they move to Amazon Prime? Will they go to uh, Disney? I have no idea. But are you willing to pay $50 a month for a pay-per-view for WWE? You're already doing that with AEW. Okay. Would, would you do that with WWE knowing that you're going to get, what is it, 13, 14 pay-per-views a year? Maybe more? Is it better off now than it was a year ago? I say that it is from a... Uh, monetary standpoint, from a money standpoint, it is. But what about the rest of us? What about us as fans? Is it better off than it was a year ago? We still watch the bloodline. We still watch Roman Reigns. Cody's part of it now. Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Charlotte. We still got good wrestling. But I'm wondering, with this Endeavor deal, does this make the WWE better? 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines and talk to you. We will say hello to Corey in California with us here on Busted Open. What's up, Corey? Good morning, my brother. I I have some issues with this Endeavor deal. 
fast. All right. The first one is Vince is back in charge. How much longer is Endeavor going to deal with the fact that Vince is there? Because just because of those payoffs, he's not finished. They're still looking into that stuff. And it's going to take them down, too. I saw that LA wow. Times. I saw that LA Times piece, Corey. You're right. There is more to what we know about Vince McMahon as far as the you know the FBI and other things that's been going on with him. He he's in the in the position now. I I can't guarantee he'll be in a position to run WWE like in a year from now, based on everything that I read. You're right. Oh yeah, you're definitely right. He'll be gone, and who and I don't know if they want to put Triple H in charge of that. He does such a phenomenal job with um, when NXT, when he was running, the only time they had problems, when Vince came back. And Vince all of a sudden did his little magic um, changes at the last minute. Everyone saw that coming. <laughs> all right, Corey, we appreciate your telephone call. We'll take more of your phone calls coming up, 877-344-4893. And also Mimosa Minute. We'll try to get to that as well. As we move forward here, Jonathan Hood in for Denise and Mark. This is Busted Open. Ah, the Saturday edition of Busted Open may be at a close, but we're not done yet. Sit back and try and muster a thumbs up. It's the Mimosa Minute here on Busted Open. Wasting away again in Ah, Jonathan Hood with you on Busted Open on Series 6M Fight Nation, Channel 156. I'll get to that mo- Mimosa Minute in just a moment. I just want to take care of a couple of calls here. Uh, 877-344-4893 is our telephone number. Don't forget you can hear this on the SXM app. Look for Busted Open. Get a chance to hear all the shows that you might have missed this week, including this one, this weekend edition of Busted Open, as I sit in for Denise Salcedo and uh, Mark Henry, my guy Mark Henry. Um, David in Illinois is with us here on Busted Open. All right, David. Hey, Jonathan. Um, Watching last night. And then they see AJ get hurt. I just knew L.A. Knight was coming out. I was just waiting for that pop. And then when it didn't happen, and then I hear he had COVID, they got him with COVID there. Why didn't they change that and move it to next week? Yeah, so I guess when John Cena, because you know the mystery now is who's John Cena's partner, I guess that's going to be L.A. Knight in Indianapolis, right? I think that's what that's what I guess that's the best that they can do, right? Like, okay, he's not available now, but in seven days we can see him. Like, John, who's going to be your partner? L.A. Knight. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Makes makes sense, right? I mean, because it, it gives it it, it it gives a little mystery to all right, John. Who's going to be your tag team partner? Because AJ's out. There you go. And there you have it. Uh, we go to Eric in Maryland with us here on Busted Open. All right, Eric. Eric, Eric is not there. Wow, how about that? There he is, Eric, with an opportunity to close us out in grand fashion. Uh, he must be selling some of those uh, nasty DVDs and used underwear at that uh, <laughs> at that Swaparama that he works in. All right, that's all right, Eric. I got him a most a minute for you, right here on Busted Open. <laughs> okay, so I'm a huge college football fan. I'm a Georgia guy. And so, obviously, my team will be able to steamroll over their competition uh, on Saturday as uh, the number one team in the country will take on UAB. Shout out to those of you in Birmingham, Alabama, but uh, hell's coming to breakfast uh, between the hedges on Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday night. 
But there's a great slate. You know what I love? I love professional wrestling. But also, you know what I love? I love a good slate. Ah, oh, I love a good slate. College football's got a great slate today. I'm going to get myself some you know, something to eat, get myself, give me a daddy soda or two, and lay back and watch some college football on Saturday. Ohio State against Notre Dame. It's going to be rain uh, in South Bend, but this is going to be an interesting matchup. Can Notre Dame be able to get the job done against uh, Ohio State? Uh, that's going to be a big one for for Notre Dame. Notre Dame is improved, but Ohio State's still formidable. That's going to be a great uh, game in the Midwest. From there, what used to be called the Pac-12, I think it's still called the Pac-12, to see two undefeated teams at Oregon State and Washington State in Pullman at Martin Stadium, that's going to be fun because that's a, a rivalry in the Pac-12. That's going to be fun. And I'm going to do this for Mark Henry. I'm going to do this for my man. Brother Henry, get on the learning tree. Get on the learning tree, Henry. Texas against Baylor. Now, Texas is going to win their 17-point favorite. The point is, though, is that I know Mark Henry is nice and proud that his Texas Longhorns are off to a 3-0 start in the Big 12. Ewers, Quentin Ewers is the, uh, the quarterback for Texas. I know he's pretty happy about what's happening there. And, of course, Happy Valley with, uh, with Penn State. Even though Coach Franklin's a phony. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Penn State. <laughs> We'll take on Iowa. Look at Ariel. She's just, she is insulted by that comment about Coach Franklin. Nonetheless, I mean, come on. At some point, Ariel, you got to stop with this, this bravado college football. It's like, okay. All right. We know you're here. He's he's really, look at me, Louie. He really is. Like, I know you're there, Franklin. Just just coach the okay. team. Calm, calm it down. <laughs> tone, tone it down, okay? <laughs> just, Don't come at Penn State in any not, way. <laughs> I like, Penn State's fine. Franklin has got the problem with, like, enough. We see you, Franklin. We're going we're gonna to play hard, and, and we're going to get it done. We're going to win games, and we're going to just play, okay? Just play. Get into a meaningful bowl game, okay? Penn State is off to a great start. I have no problem with Penn State against Iowa. I think people are like, what? That's Iowa is scoring more points this year than I've seen in years. <laughs> okay. But the point is, is that Penn State is going to steamroll over Iowa today. That would be no not, problem. Not you having big boss man Eddie Bursilli over here saying that James Franklin equals total fraud. Like, okay. <laughs> he agrees with me. <laughs> that means more shifts for me on Busted Open. We're, we are kindred spirit on Franklin. I think that <laughs> I think you're going to hear me more now that he agrees with me on Franklin. I like the program. I have no problem with the program. Just enough, Franklin. Just tone it down. Just play football. How about that? The team will have, and by the way, again, to your credit, Ariel, no problem. Penn State will roll over Iowa. Even though Iowa's scoring more points lately, Penn State comes in as a 14-point favorite. And I'm not. should I give advice? I love North Carolina over Pittsburgh. That I love the total in that game as well. So, But I love a good slate. Ah, college football Saturday. And the reason why I love a college football slate is because I'm a Chicago Bears fan as well, so I just look forward to Saturdays. That dumpster fire that is the Chicago Bears, they, play, they only play Kansas City on Sunday. No problems, right? Holy smokes. We thank you for listening and calling and being part of this program here on Busted Open. Ariel, Zach, thanks so much for your help on the other side of the glass. For Denise and Mark, I am Jonathan Hood. Continue to listen to Busted Open, a Monday edition with Dave and crew, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Fight Nation, Channel 156. So long, everybody. <laughs>